Well, Fighting Irish Faithful, how we feeling tonight? Feeling good after defeating Clemson? Notre Dame, dominating, dominating performance, especially in the first three quarters over the number four team in the country. Over Clemson, Notre Dame wins 35-14. Wow, uh, people rush the field. It's mass hysteria and chaos, and 2 plus 2 is apparently 5 because... Drew Pine, of all people, had a rushing touchdown tonight. So, a very excited uh, game. Um, you know, we can give toasts, I think, to everybody. Um, Marcus, Morrison, Mason, and Mayer. So, <laughs> and going through my notes here. Um, let's just jump to some people here, get some good fan reactions. Uh, we got a little bit of stats to go through, nothing too crazy, but... Uh, in order of priority here, uh, we'll go to someone who's probably ready to fall asleep, maybe. Uh, Stevie D. Irish, we'll jump over to you. You've been invited to speak first uh, since you are in Ireland. So, <laughs> oh. Stevie, how you feeling? I'm feeling very well. Very well indeed. That was amazing. Fantastic performance. That was just a dominating performance by Notre Dame. And in the first quarter, I'm just bitching about our offense. Like, why are we passing? Just stop passing. Don't do it. It, it doesn't need to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They, uh, they just, everything. There was nothing to be mad about tonight, bar when... They tried to throw the ball for the most part. But uh, no, it was brilliant from start to finish. There was nothing that I can complain about tonight, thankfully. It was it was amazing. One of the best performances um, that I've ever seen from a Notre Dame team, actually, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Complete, complete uh, defensive domination. And I, I went back and, and was watching some highlights of 2020. I listened to my post-game show and pre-game show from 2020 just to kind of baseline where I was and I'm just like gosh I just don't know if you know Notre Dame has the chops to beat Clemson I was kind of like not backpedaling but based off of my analysis from Wednesday's show uh, I just wasn't so sure if Notre Dame was going to do it and then um, they run out on the field and I turned to the dock and I'm like I don't know the team doesn't look very peppy and fired up and then the first defensive series and the first blocked punt. It's like, what the fuck is this? They did it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was brilliant. Did Clemson just not watch any film on Notre Dame's punt block team? Like, I mean, hooray for our side, but yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think know, it was really good. Yeah. So, so uh favorite part of the game, do, do you have one or, or do you need uh, to take off think, your shoes and count on toes now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think yeah for me the, the, the punt block was um, you know it, it set them up early uh, to, you know to show they meant business and from then on defensive wise they just they, they told Clemson hey lads you're not getting past us today we we're going to stop everything and they did like you know at one stage I was beginning to wonder would they shut them out completely um, they were just dominant it was amazing it was such a fantastic performance yeah, I agree. the The blocked punt uh, was just literally made me jump off the couch, and me too. I'm just like, what? Like, and then and then the pick six, and then oh my gosh, I just it was great. It was, it was fantastic, yeah. just wonderful, wonderful performance. 
Absolutely, so. it really was. It really was. But um, I'm not going to keep you too long. I'll let you get on to one or the other. You've a long list of people to talk. Yeah, about, so. yeah. We are. We've got a bunch of people. We're trying to get as many people on. So please, uh, you know, and everyone can stay up an hour later because uh, we're rolling our clocks back. Unless you live in Arizona, that's it. So. <laughs> we, we we did that two weeks ago. So okay, it, right it, on. It, it right. helped us tonight. So it's only twenty past three today, as opposed to twenty past four. Yeah, that's right. Every other week. Yeah. So nice one. Listen, take care. Uh, have a good show, and I look forward to listening to it in the morning. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Thanks, Joseph. Talk to you soon. All right, cheers. That is at Stevie D Irish on the Twitter, everyone, a loyal follower of the show and from the Republic of Ireland. So uh, thank you, Stevie, for uh, joining us uh, here. Uh, let's jump over to Adam Dowling, uh, invited as speaker. I'm assuming he's thawing out from the wind here or he barely has any voice left. Um, uh, oh, Adam, come back. Twitter's doing that weird thing again. So Things not working. Oh, nope, there, you're there. Go ahead and unmute yourself, Adam. Hey, How what's you, up, guys? Are you driving home right now? Not left yet. We're calling from North Lot. North Lot, live from the North Lot. Did you rush the field? Oh, yeah. I got my 60-year-old dad to jump the wall with me. Ah, I love it. <laughs> Brilliant. That's great. <laughs> 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 oh man! Oh yeah. Hey, I, I wanted to call because I just want to say that I was dead wrong when I said we weren't going to be able to run it on them. They were going to stop it, and Drew Pine was going to have to make some throws because we physically beat them up. Yeah, yeah. It seriously looked like Notre Dame just punched him in the face, and like our defense was tenacious. Like it was, it they was. Were- I haven't seen it a defensive so performance by Notre Dame, and I, I don't really want to bring up Brian Van Gorder, but the the thirty seven to nothing shutout over Michigan in twenty fourteen, like I'm getting flashbacks to that. I mean, if those ACC refs don't really kind of give Clemson call, I mean, they really shouldn't even scored. Yeah, yeah, there were a few questionable PIs and and non targeting penalties on pine which is ridiculous um yeah we could we could have probably a whole other show if if we had what really wanted an angry hate show it'd be like acc refs peacock nbc <laughs> i mean it's so al-qaeda so like, we'll throw al-qaeda in there you know <laughs> it's so exciting because these these players these coaches deserve this because of all the, what they've gone through this year yeah and and, but then it's so kind of like, oh, how did we lose those other games when you watch this team play tonight? Right. Yeah. And like, uh, that's some other, like, evil twin that we just, we just, we got rid of. I'm telling you, too, the energy in the stadium was awesome. Good. Yeah. And that- whoever was like, there was people tweeting like Clemson was taking over the stadium and there was more here than Georgia. It wasn't even close. Okay. That was like almost. I bet they had a little bit more than like a normal like USC game. Oh really? Okay. Honestly, they had their whole section. You know that one. Yeah, yeah, the upper corner. And they had a little bit more, but it was nothing. Like people were worried they're going to take over the stadium. It wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe a bunch of uh, of the uh, the wine and cheese crowd you know had to get off their butts because it was uh, it was a little chilly and you know standing it warms you up so. 
That's good. So uh, what? Um, yeah, because we talked about that last week too. The crowd, you know, it was it was great. And like I said last week, when it's a big game, the crowd comes at Notre Dame. Yeah. No, you were 100 percent right. You were 100 percent right. Now, pop quiz here. Um, did we rush the ball more tonight or last week versus Syracuse? First, I would say Syracuse, but since you're asking me, I'm going to say tonight. No, trick question. Okay. We actually ran the ball, <laughs> and it didn't feel like that at all, right? But we actually ran the ball 73% of the time versus 74% last week, and we ran it 64 times versus 75 times last last game. So interesting. But we were more effective. We had 263 yards, so that's probably why. 263 you said tonight? 263 on the ground. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. to their 90. 90 and It's and like a I'm a prophet. Point. I said whoever rushes more is going to win, clearly. Yep. <laughs> uh what other aspects of the of the of the game atmosphere, you know, were people standing a lot, you know? I mean, that's what we've been complaining about and encouraging on yeah, this show. I probably, I probably stood most of the game. So, yeah, people were standing a lot. That's good. That's good. Well, it helps oh. when the team is up. You know, I mean, I, th- I think first and foremost, you know, the performance of the team needs to help keep the the crowd engaged. Obviously, um, you know, and if the team is, you know, doing things stupid or not executing right, you know, it's it, it sometimes feels forced. But tonight, that's certainly not the case. Not at all. You know, <laughs> Notre Dame comes out, delivers. You know. And just excuse. Unfortunately, the the uh, the defensive stats aren't up yet on ESPN. But um, yeah, Clemson with two turnovers, and then Clubnick comes in and immediate interception. <laughs> so that was great. Yeah, yeah. Everything was. Uh, it was definitely a good time, and I'm just happy for the team. After all the struggle, they they deserve this. And... Absolutely. Well, it sounds like there's some some good energy. Uh-oh! right now and out on the uh out in the north lot there what was the loudest for you as far as like like the stadium loudness the beginning of the game the blocked punt the pick six i don't know it was all i mean it was loud the whole game i'll be honest with you it's probably the loudest game i've been to in a long time awesome maybe maybe michigan and 18 pair okay that's awesome i don't even think that compare i think this was much better it was it was a definitely an awesome environment. That's fantastic. Well, but, Adam, uh, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna get off and let you guys. Uh, yeah, no problem, man. Guys. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, and we're gonna try to get out of here. So uh, yeah, good luck. You know, we'll good luck get, with the traffic get getting to... out of there. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk All right, you. cheers. Thanks, Adam. Bye. All right, that's at Adam Dowling. One man on the street, man in the stadium, who rushed the field and. Uh, of course, there's no turf anymore, so he, he probably didn't pick up a piece of grass and he's going to go plant it in his garden, but unless he cut out a piece of turf, um, which I'm sure he did not do. So uh, let's just jump to a next person here, Regisan, inviting you to speak here. Oh, where'd you go? Oh, there you are. Where are you in the queue here? You, like, jumped around here on my screen. Inviting you to speak. Regisan. Looks like you changed your avatar to a screaming Marcus Freeman. I love it. Um, yeah, Freeman was getting pissed. I was waiting for the gum to fly out of his mouth again. Um, and he's been rocking the quarter zip 
lately. Um, I think that's become his style. Registan, how you doing? Oh, I am on the verge of tears. Really? That good, huh? Yes. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hold it back, but I, I might be on the verge of tears. No, that's okay. Just think of like, you know, beautiful things in the world, you know, like puppies and newborn babies and the grotto and <laughs> and Marcus I mean, Freeman yelling at the ACC refs. Exactly. I mean, it's like I told you, it's like I told you earlier uh, on your last pod, I have a couple friends who go to Clemson and I'm just I'm just going off on them now. You're that you're that fan on the internet just saying neener neener neener. <laughs> hey, I mean, I keep receipts. Uh, that's all I do. You keep receipts. <laughs> Brilliant. What was your favorite part of this game? Blocked punt, easily. Blocked punt, yeah. With, without a doubt. All right, maybe we should start like a tally here. Here we got blocked punt. Yeah, that'll get that'll get one tally here. All right, nice. Uh, I, I think for me it's the pick six by Morrison. I think that definitely um you know drove the nail into the coffin so oh most definitely i, I mean that was like a 95 yard pick six or something like that. it's something crazy yeah maybe 93 I, I yards just, i'll be honest um when they i think they showed uh club nick warming up and i'm like oh no he's gonna he's gonna pull something he's gonna pull some magic and then ben morrison just gets that pick and i just lose my voice yeah, that was that was amazing. Like he comes in one, for one play, and then it's like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, I'll I'll let you go. I just wanted to say something real quick. I mean, probably the best win I've seen uh, since. Shoot, I can't even remember. Probably the probably our last upset over them, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking a lot of the, uh, you know, and I didn't feel like, like the anticipation and kind of the back and forth it was with the 2020 game. Um, and of course, I was in the like the angst of COVID was going on not to bring it down. But um, it was such a back and forth game. And, and we were undefeated. So were they and uh, they were number one and, and just you know, and then it went to double overtime. And, and so there was so many other things going on. This was like, from the get go, Notre Dame just comes out and just is just executes and just at least on the defensive side and the special teams, you know, and, and Clemson was like knocked back on their heels. They, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, but I'll let you go, but I'll leave it. I'll just leave it at this. As a wise man once said, the most dangerous kind of team is a team that has nothing left to lose. There you go. That That's absolutely All right, true. All right, I'll let you go. All right, thank you, Registan, for the, the wisdom from on top of the mountain here in wherever you live, probably Florida. Do they have mountains in Florida? Probably not. Um, but thank you, Registan, at Registan42 um, on the Twitter uh, thank you so much. We we like giving everyone their two seconds. Their their oh, you back? Nope. Okay. Um, but we uh, we like plugging everyone's Twitter handle here, and 
Um, we've had other people who have shows, you know, we let those people on us too. Uh, we'll go to someone who's new here to me on Twitter, uh, at Dom Richard 88. This is who I think it is. What's up, Joe? Dude, you got a Twitter? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, just hear you loud and clear. You're coming in strong. Are you, uh, when did, did you just join Twitter tonight? Well, I, I went through the archives just for this. This this is a great game. I was fired up. It was awesome. Awesome. Well, everyone, this is a former co-host from the Syracuse postgame show, uh, Dominic. So uh, at Dom Richard eighty eight on the Twitter. Um, how you how you doing, man? Are you? Like, I guess we didn't have to watch the game in the same room for Notre Dame to have an awesome performance, right? No. Yeah, my heart is still pounding. I'm jacked. That was such such a phenomenal game we just had. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. I got, I got uh, one name, Benjamin Morris. That yes. dude is something. Like, yes. I... I, I I'm not sure if he's played. Uh, he's played all year long, but man, that was a come out game for him. Yeah, yeah, he looked he looked fantastic. You know, he um, he actually is second as far as total tackles. He had seven tonight. He had the uh, the pick six right. Um, so so yeah, and he's uh, he's from Phoenix. He's a freshman. He's uh, he you know six foot. You know, 180 pound dude. You know, and he's man he looks solid tonight athlete baby athlete yeah and what, what i loved about it is they were picking on him and picking on him they thought he was a weak threat and he came out and just performed just he was on on uh r- rushing tackles he was on in the in the secondary on pass defense the whole nine yards yeah yeah i mean it was just I mean, what can you not say that's that's not positive about the defense tonight? You know, I mean, uh, and, and yes, clearly the team has kind of been in the washing machine and, you know, we've had our struggles clearly. But the last two games, we've looked fabulous, you know. Yeah. I mean, we scored I, I 44 so. against, okay, it was against L- UNLV, fine. But 41 last week and 35 this week. And um, our yards per point tonight is one of the best it's been. It's not as great as last week, but it was 9.9. Now, if we took away the um, the blocked punt and the pick six, Notre Dame would have won 21 to 14, right? But we would have still had a yards per point that's better than Clemson. It would have been 16.6. So um, very good, very good performance, um, you know, as far as the rushing goes. And we averaged 5.6 rushing yards uh, a carry uh, tonight. Um, and that is the best, actually that's tied, excuse me, with the North Carolina game. And we all know what happened in that game too. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful to see. I was kind of, uh, pulling hair there in the first quarter. Um, when I thought Tommy Reese was trying to get cute with the, uh, offense there and they ended up late in the game, just pounding the ball and Hey, that that's what you got to do with this team. Cause I don't, I, I um, if if Notre Dame had a top caliber caliber quarterback this year, the way they played tonight, they would be a contender they would have for the playoffs. Scored like 40, 50 points. 
Yeah, and they they would be they would be in the running for the playoffs, and it wouldn't be one of uh, those years under BK where it was uh, like eh, we'll see what they can do. Like they they got an awesome team, but man, they just can't throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was nice to see uh, Mayer get a touchdown at the end. You know, I don't want to say it's garbage time, but um, but yeah, he that that was actually a really good play call, um, a good read. Um, and and a wide open Michael Mayer, you know, running a kind of a fade corner route, whatever the hell that was. But um, yeah, it was nice. So he has the record. Uh, so credit to to Mayer. And uh, yeah, I mean, what, what more can you say? What what was your favorite part of the game, Dominic? Um, I I think that defensive core from benjamin morris i think that was my highlight right there like that pick six he was locking them down he's making plays not even like the pick six six was awesome but he was the whole game they were targeting him and he was showing up and playing ball all right so just that, that morrison was right part. now you're 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 gonna send him uh, some Valentines yeah. here and a box of chocolates. No problem. Yeah, if he, if he had a Patreon, I'd be donating. <laughs> You'd be doing Patreon. <laughs> you know, I think actually there is something, and I, I'm going to probably skew this up and someone someone who's more savvy. I think some of the other players, either Wimbush or Malik Zaire, or even Brady Quinn, there is some sort of NIL fund out there. So, you know, do some do some research, right? You know, I'm, I am not that savvy. You know, I just plug my own etsy store but (laughs) hey hey joe before you go on to the next one um i got a question for you real quick what did you think about uh especially in the first half in the first initial drives the lack of uh estimate being in on 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 those drives you know that's a good question. I you know I thought like like our drives you know but prior to our you know we had a missed field goal right. I just felt like our drives kept being halted and sputtered because not so much because of Estime, but because we were trying to get cute and we we're throwing passes. And it's like, look, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, like you should try to pass. That's not what I'm saying, but like. First drive, five plays, punt, you know, next drive, three and out, next drive, six plays, and then punt, um, and then the, the fourth one is a, a missed field goal, right? And and then we finally score, um, you know, at, at, uh, after that. But it's like, good grief, you know, um, we don't score an actual touchdown until the second quarter. Um, but, but, yeah, you know, mean- like, to answer your question, I, I wasn't really too concerned about that. Um, now towards the end of the game when we're winning and you know, it's like 21 to zero in the fourth quarter, I'm like, okay, don't fumble the football now that we're running all this time, you know, cause Clemson has historically made good fourth quarter comebacks. So especially in that Syracuse game, right? If we take a recency bias. Um, and so I was like, okay, just don't fumble the football. And so I was just kind of like, oh, okay, Diggs is in. Oh yeah, we'll be fine. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but what I more so what I meant with that question is like I didn't see uh, estimate as much as I would would have thought they would have uh, featured him in the running game. I mean, and I he, thought especially he did the have first... the most number of carries. He had eighteen versus Diggs is seventeen. Now, 
Okay. Um, he didn't average the most or have the most. Uh, Diggs actually had 114 yards to Estime's 104 yards, but Estime did have one touchdown. Cool. And so. what was the uh, like carry percentage on just touches in the first first half? Um, I don't have it broken down by half. Um, I have it for the whole okay. game, but I will say that Notre Dame ran the ball 5.6 carries uh, yards per carry. So. Yeah, which is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Well, Dominic, uh, feel free to, to just go on mute and, and listen on, and uh, we're going to jump over to Jason here. Uh, and there's a ton of other people. Jimmy Gallagher, at No Suck With, uh, No USC. Coach Parsegian, welcome back. Jam, Kevin Davis. Jason Yeager, mark it down. And John, some, some John person. John Richard. Oh, I think it's your dad. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe we should jump to him next. Uh, but anyway, Dominic, thanks again for joining the Fighting Irish Faithful show. Uh, let's jump over to Irish JTL on the Twitter. Welcome back, sir. Hey, guys. How's it going? I, um, I've had to hydrate and drink a lot of water after chugging that pepperoncini juice i bet you fucking did jesus (laughs) i got well i i ran my mouth and then my brother literally called me out and so i'm like all right i got and and for people who who didn't see on twitter you know the the usual irish car bombs and jason here you know pounding crown like it's you know spring water you know from a glacier um you've got um my brother who just does weird things where he chugs pickle juice it's kind of a long story um and so then i was like oh i just bought a bottle of or a jar of pepperoncinis and and then i he ended up calling me out and so i'm like okay i'll drink the pepperoncini juice so (laughs) it looked rough man i couldn't do it it wasn't bad it just was kind of salty and briny so um i'm more worried that the pepperoncinis are gonna dry out so i put some vinegar and salt in there but um (laughs) But no, tonight we're actually for the show. We're, uh, you know, and and maybe this is a, a one of the reasons why I have to brag about this. So um, I'm clearly, you know, scotch and spreadsheets. You know, tonight it's a little, little more, you know, get the the pulse of the people here. Um, I went to a new uh, liquor store. I'll just put it that way, and I got a Brookledy. It is a single malt scotch whiskey from Isla, and now I have all eight. Isla distilleries represented in the liquor cabinet. So Brooklyn was the last one I needed. They had it. I bought it. So, and so I think now that the, the circle is complete, that now we can get to business here. And, uh, that's a contributing reason why Notre Dame won. So, and with that, let's top up. Our glass. <laughs> let's, let's actually enjoy it. Uh, especially a game like tonight. Wow. Uh, how do you feel about knocking off the uh, f- number four team in the country, or alleged fourth team in the country? Um, I, you know what, I, I felt like there were eight coming in. I felt really good about it until BK beat Alabama, and now what I'm the like, fuck? How did that, that happen? Yeah, how does that happen on the same night? Or yeah, I, I, I think that well, might be just a function more so of um, of Alabama this year. You know, they just. They're kind of very pass heavy, and their their defense is not what it used to be. Yeah, and it, it, you know, any other year it'd be great to see Alabama lose two games in the regular season. There, don't lose clearly the game, out of the playoff, but BK doing it on the night that I tweeted that BK would never dominate a top five team. Kind of, I don't know. 
Yeah. Set me back a bit, but I'm happy. I, I think uh, Morrison, seeing Morrison in instead of Lewis was great, and seeing what Morrison did was great. Uh, running games clearly solid. Uh, yeah. O-line is yelling more and more, and Drew Pine's not the answer, so... <laughs> well, as far as like the long term, you know, passing, you know, for, for a more balanced offense, I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, look, just and even, you know, it's, you know, it's a concern when the when the NBC, uh, you know, halftime or, or whoever the sideline gal is, I think it's Zora, what's her face? Zora. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, well, Drew Pine's 5'11", and he just got the pass batted down by a 6'4 defensive lineman for for Clemson yeah you know it's bad when when you know you know all the NBC crew is chiming in about about uh some of his uh his uh deficiencies I'll just put it that way um but you know look Pine was okay he didn't screw up he did throw a uh passing touchdown he had a 52 percent completion percentage it was actually better than last week um it's actually the best it's been in four games so um so that's good um his greatest was actually the BYU game, which is kind of weird. Um, but BYU is kind of trash right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Notre Dame wins. And uh, clearly, I, th- I think, you know, we should expect to finally see Notre Dame in the rankings this week. Is that not that we really put too much stock in that, but. Yeah, no, I would, I would see them in the 20 to 22 range. Um, I think so. I think top 20 yeah. is 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 expected. Well, I, I, I highly doubt domination. they'll make the teens. Yeah, that was complete domination. But, who, like, we got to ask ourselves, who is this team? We lose to Marshall. We lose to Stanford. We, any ranked team we play, we just completely dominate them. I, I, I feel like this is the epitome of we play up and down to our competition i couldn't say it better yep yep keep going we we uh we we're clearly building something the commits outside of keely seem to be sticking around i think um this this win probably solidifies peyton boeing's bowen staying which is the concern but yes Jesus, what a great game, especially out of SMA and Logan Diggs. And, you know, all I all gave up that one sack, but it was when Pine had to step up. Benjamin Morrison, Jesus, God, what a what a, a sight to see an underclass an underclassman defensive back. Yeah, freshman of all up. people stepping up and yeah, making a statement up. and just, just – Going out there and doing the thing. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Praise God, you know. <laughs> yeah, like we haven't we haven't had that for so long, and I I like Clarence Lewis. You know, I don't really like to trash or badmouth young kids, but Jesus, it, the the game, the bowl game last year, and the early this year, it's nice. Which. Also gives me some pause as to why Merriweather's not in because they're clearly willing to give Morrison a shot. So they're not unwilling to play freshman on either side of the ball. But it concerns me with where Merriweather's development is. Like, why sure. is he not playing more? Uh, that, that throw early in the, I think, the second quarter clearly was designed for him and he didn't get opened. And 
so they tried, but I, I you know, I don't know where he's at right now. So well, and and clearly we we want to have a balanced attack where any defense that plays Notre Dame is going to be questioning and be like, well, we don't know where the next hit's going to come from. Is it going to be overhead? Is it going to be a pass down low to the flat? Is it going to be a run between the tackles? We don't know. Um, and I'm really glad that Notre Dame didn't like do any like cute trick plays. Um, we just were very disciplined and having, you know, we all want to see Merriweather, but at the same time, it's like, look, I'm never going to deviate from the fact that, look, if we can run the ball and run 260 plus yards a game, I have zero problems with three yard, four yard, five yard runs every time. Like, I realize it's not exciting, it's not sexy, but it wins the fucking football game, and it moves the clock, it keeps our defense fresh, and, and like, let's go to that. Like, and NBC was talking about this, and and this is probably the most, like, wonderful thing they've actually said all season, which is is saying something, um, because they're getting paid a lot of money to do this analysis, not me. My point is, they were talking about how Notre Dame's offense is is churning with the running and they've got three running backs you know i'll I'll say it here so everyone raise a glass we're gonna say it three-headed monster take a take a drink um when you have three running backs to stay fresh you can you can churn them in the offensive line they clearly like it um that's that's what they're made for um and you can just move the ball and clemson looked gassed in the fourth quarter and our defense, our defense stays fresh. They get to rest, and then they come in for the next series. And clearly, there's a sense of urgency at the end of the game with Clemson. So I'm not surprised they scored in the fourth quarter. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, like those things are are very simpatico together. When you have yeah. a good rushing attack on the ground on offense, and then that keeps your defense fresh. Like like there's there that they go together, they gel. It makes sense. So if you can effectively run the ball seventy three point four percent, which is what we did tonight, um, averaging five point six yards a carry. Shit, that's a first down every two three plays. Every two, three plays, you know, like you're looking at third and short and like, yeah. it was late in the game and it was like third and 13 or something. And we still ran the ball and we still yeah. got a first down yeah. and it's like, yeah. And why? Because we believe we can do it. We know we can do it. And we've been dominating and, and everyone was saying like, oh, this rushing defense. And so if anyone missed the Wednesday show, it's like I'm a fucking prophet here. This is I'm going to like, you know, pat myself on the back here. I predicted that Notre Dame would run all over Clemson. And it's because Clemson's opponents who they've played. Yes, they limited their opponents in said game to very little yards. So good on Clemson. But those opponents, if you look at their other games away from Clemson, whoever they're playing, just regular season, they're dog shit and running the football. So they dominated teams that aren't good at running the football. That doesn't mean anything, right? Go dominate a good team that's good at running the football, and then we'll talk. But that's not what Clemson was, and we saw it tonight. Notre Dame is a good team that can run the football and ran 263 yards on their ass. So We have, and... I think one of the most underlooked components of this win tonight for all of us Notre Dame fans is 
if we were in the ACC, we'd be winning that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we beat NC, we beat Syracuse, and now we beat Clemson. Yeah. So yeah. that joint conference shit is played out. But what I'm going to say is... Well, you don't want to hear my opinion on that because I'm. it sounds like you're kind of advocating for Notre Dame joining a conference, and that's... No, I'm not. Not at all. I, I do have that opinion, but that's a topic for another night, and I can see my Twitter followers following when I say that. But but it's not It's not because I don't like independence. It's it's for, for other reasons that, that, you know, go in the archives we'll, and we'll, go listen we'll to it. We'll do what we have. To. We can but, argue about that on, oh. on Tuesday, so... Um, SMA... Logan Diggs had a really good game. Um, yeah, he did. I think they all did. Where, but where has uh, that two back set with the the play action estimate and the swing to Tyree been all year? Oh my like, gosh! Uh, right? right? I was like, right. where has that been? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. look at this. Where We're doing play action. Been? All of a sudden, whoosh, throw it to the flat. There he is. Swing pass. Holla, holla. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and Tyree only got targeted twice. You know, Mayer Mayer got four four receptions. Jaden Thomas had three. Uh, gosh, only three players by Notre Dame caught passes. That's pretty crappy. Which but. is unfortunate because that pass Lindsey was wide open. He yeah. probably would have dropped it, but he was wide open um, on that slant route or that out, but. You know, I, I think we all know Pine's not the answer, but if we can run for 260 yards a game and our defense can play like that and we're going to block a punt every game, then ride it out. We've got Jaden Greathouse. I mean, we've got players coming in that are going to obviously elevate this program. And, you know, we were all concerned with what the recruiting would look like. We're now into November. We lost Keon Keeley, which you know is what it is. But well, we you know, maybe he'll he'll change his mind. You know, we I don't, don't we don't know. Well, I don't think he will either. But you know, at the end of but the day, it's, it that, kind of is what it is. We're not losing recruits because we're six and three. No, and that was the concern. Not after early not after this well. game. Not after this game at all. Yeah, I don't think we are. So you know, I think I think Freeman's doing something well. Um, I'm not sure Reese is the answer, but we'll have to see what happens, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's still in the washing machine, you know, like clearly my judgment is clouded and, and Jason, we're gonna we're gonna jump to some other people. I really appreciate you jumping yeah. on. Yep. Um but I th- I think Reese, you know, I like some of the play calls. I do like that he's not trying to force passing. Um I think he's smart enough or you know, he's just been slapped in the face or even Coach Freeman said, look, you've got three running backs. Why the fuck are you not running them? You know, maybe he says that behind closed doors. Who knows? Um, but anyway, Jason, we're going to jump to some other people at Irish JTL on the Twitter. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Go Irish. All right. Very good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, John Richard, you uh, request to speak. We're going to invite you to speak. And uh, Dominic, if you want to jump on at Richard 7 John. If you want to jump on and, and speak, by all means, uh, welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful show. Um, if not, we'll, we'll jump to someone else here. I, I would like to see uh, Tyreek spread out and uh, estimate in the backfield. I would like to see some packages with that. That's all I got to say. Excellent. John, are you there? Yes, I'm here. 
Can you hear me? Well, yes, loud and clear. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show live post game from, well, I'm in Indianapolis, the Indianapolis area. <laughs> we yeah. are not in South Bend. We are not. Uh, we are not still broadcasting from the 30 yard line of Notre Dame Stadium. So, yeah, it's, that'd be great if you were right. That would. We'd probably have a lot more like random students behind us yelling or an usher saying sir sir um you need to take that grin off your face and and leave the stadium right you know well john uh what's what's your thought of this game well uh, pure elation yeah well we dominated three three phases you know we we dominated uh, offense defense special teams and the line play both sides of the ball you know was dominant and, uh, yep. you know, it was just a really good game. But, you know, the, the big picture was, you know, I'm an old guy. And uh, I remember Eric Parsegian. And I remember Dan Devine. We can bring Coach Parsegian on the show if you want to talk and, and to him. I, well, I see he's, he's listening. And, and I remember, <laughs> of course, Lou Holtz. But there, there's something special about Marcus Freeman. I, I think if we're patient with him. And the thing is, he can recruit. John, I imagine you know, that, that you've watched a lot more Notre Dame football than I have. What about Marcus Freeman differentiates? Because you just compared him to some guys who have statues in bronze. Yeah. And, I, and, and not I that we're trying to count any chickens for eggs, any eggs hatch, but, but what, yeah. what do you think makes him different from the previous four coaches? I don't know if he'll get there, but it's recruiting. Okay. It's re- he'll he'll get blue chip players. Nice. And um, and that's it. And and he'll be able able to develop them. Yeah. You know the fact that Notre Dame hasn't had a really five star quarterback in how long? That, that's <laughs> you know. Clawson. <laughs> Clawson was the last one. Yeah. Dang yeah, Chris, kinda. One. Um, but he, he, he peed down his leg, so we won't, we won't, you know, make too much fun of him. Um, but yeah, Clawson and and I was blessed to, to be a student while, while Clawson was a student. So that was nice. But I mean, the rest, we had no defense and yeah, let me ask you this, Joe, if Jimmy Clawson was a quarterback on this team, they would, what would the record be? Well, we'd be undefeated. Yes. Without question. Clawson had Absolutely. the ability to to take command of of his team, and, and he was a leader. You know, despite you know some of the things that people didn't like about him. You know, he was a warrior. You know, and he played you know most of a season with a turf toe, um, in pain, and he still went out there and did it. Um, you know, in two thousand nine, um, I was at the two thousand nine SC game, um, which was was really exciting, and that was in the last year, the Pete Carroll years, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, with Coach Freeman, um, and you mentioned recruiting, which which I appreciate, you know, and, and Clemson, you know, hands down, um, had better players than Notre Dame as far as ranking. Ohio State was slightly better. Their average four-year recruiting was 6.3. Clemson is 7 flat. Notre Dame, 12.3. And so if we're the 12th ranked on average for the last four years, and this is 24-7 sports, if that is the worst that we can see from Marcus Freeman, and you know, I, I don't know off the top of my head here what we are um, for next year. I think we're definitely top five. Um, hey, that's great because 
national champions on average have to be top five in their recruiting. You have to have good players in addition to good coaching. You can't be uh, fucking Texas A&M who lost today um, and got embarrassed in their own stadium by Florida who walked all over them who had the number one recruiting class last year. So that team has some problems. Um, maybe it'll take some time, but, you know, look, it is what it is. So, uh, and not to crap all over Texas A&M, I, I really have no serious beef with them. So, maybe. Well, yeah. But no, you, you need good coaching and you need execution and you need, need you know, you, you just can't have a bunch of five stars. You have to have someone to organize them and take care of them and and That's to true. to yeah. channel their energy and their focus uh john what's your favorite part of this game oh i i would agree with my son dominic i i think uh morrison was awesome morrison I mean, uh, he, he, you guys are, are winning the the richards are, are taking over here well, well we were texting back and forth you know and it, uh, he, he played a great game no he did about it. it was good he dominated he dominated is that a pun for your son? <laughs> Dominating. You know it. When you pay, you played uh, safety cornerback. What did you play, Dominic? You played. You played. Uh, you played college ball. A little both. Yeah, a little bit of both. All right, men. Uh, we've got tons of people. Uh, we're gonna yeah. jump to. I really appreciate you guys, father and son duo. That that's another yeah, uh, we'll, combo. We'll yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys' loyalty. Uh, thanks for coming on, John. Uh, Dominic, appreciate you uh, encouraging your dad to. You know, hey, your your dad's pretty savvy. He's on Twitter here. That's uh, there you go. So, all right, John and Dominic. Uh, thank God you so bless. much. All right, blessings to you both, and go Irish. Yes, go Irish. All right, John and Dominic. All right, at no suck with no USC. Let's bring you on here. You've requested. Thank you, everyone, for staying patient. We got a ton of people. We want to not just rush through people. Uh, we want to try to give people, you know, just you know, this is a friendly place. You know, just come in, talk, lay on the couch, put your feet up, fill your glass. We're not gonna. This isn't like you're at a restaurant and the server's like you just started eating and then they bring you your check. Like that's not what this is. This is more like eating at a restaurant in Europe. You booked your table, and you actually actually have to flag down the server to get out. So, and, and, and Dom didn't drink all your scotch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there actually is, is still some of the Aberfeldy left. Anyway, at no suck with no USC. Where you at? You're on mute. How we doing, dude? Do you think we're gonna run the table? I really do think. We I are. think we are too. I'm going to start drinking that Kool-Aid right now. Notre Dame is going to run the fucking table, and we're going to finish 9-3. and three. The likelihood the of that I... happening now is significantly better, clearly because we just won this game. But, like, look how we – I mean, we just beat the number four team in the country. The number four team in the country. Like, hello? Wow. This is right. great. And the reason I say we're running the table is – we have clearly identified ourselves without question sucks. now as a that <laughs> and they're a glorified seven on seven team with no trench play. If oh, we oh, play oh. anywhere close to what we did today, 
it's going to be a repeat of tonight in the Coliseum. Well, and we play, we, we play well on the road. We play well on the road. That too. Oh, but w- just what a night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a, what a great game. So uh, you're going to get the same question everyone else has. What's your favorite uh, point of the game? Blocked punt, pick I've, six. I've, are you on the Benjamin Morrison train? See, you're gonna I you're gonna write to... him in on on Tuesday when you go vote in the booth. You're gonna do, put doing the write in. You're gonna say Benjamin Morrison, hundred percent for city council. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm on the Morrison train. But my favorite part was not the pick six. Okay, the first interception he had. Okay, first interception. Yeah, the the interception of Clubnick. Yes, because when I saw him warming up, I got the same feeling as. Regisan did in that I was very worried that like, Klubnik oh, was going to spark something shit, and, here it comes. and get it going, but Morrison said not so fast in yeah. Coach Corso fashion. Yeah. And that after that, I really had not no so doubt. Yeah. And, and on that note, you know, take that ESPN, all the, all the like usual people on game day. And I don't even watch game day. I just saw a, saw a snippet on Twitter where someone was like, Oh, everyone, but Luke Bryan or whoever the country music guy was, is, uh-huh. uh, you know, everyone picked Clemson. He's like, ah, I think Notre Dame's got a shot. <laughs> and look what happens tonight. And they beat the shit out of him. I mean, they beat the shit. I mean, 21 points. I, I think that's being shit. Right. And that's beat the couple shit. of, couple of those were garbage time i would say not not garbage time but the game was decided and yeah it was it was never in question yeah i mean the mayor mayor touchdown officially sealed it i think the pick six definitely closed it i think there was massive concern that um clemson did not come out in the second half right away and scored when they got the ball you know like i was you know going into the um uh the third quarter beginning of the quarter right clemson okay yes they get a first down on their first play right then it's first and 10 then second and 10 right after an incomplete pass okay then shipley's get a run and then uyungale gets sacked on third and five and then they punt so they were ineffective they ran four plays in their uh first drive coming out of halftime and it's like look and then they had go punt interception pick six <laughs> right after that so <laughs> they could do nothing they could do nothing absolutely nothing and huge credit to golden for getting the boys ready oh my huge credit where's wookie Morrison. if if wookie was on he'd probably we'd probably move him to priority access just because he would be talking about al golden <laughs> right be like what's your favorite part of the game al golden <laughs> <laughs> I will say I was a little bit shocked that uh, Foskey did not get in on the on the sack train tonight. I was he did I was almost graze hoping... a punt. I did see his his hand graze a punt. Okay, I it was wasn't a block. I was, but it was hoping we saw Mayer break his record tonight. I was hoping I would see um, Foskey break Justin Tuck's record, but uh... I guess that'll have to happen against either. Well, not Navy because they don't pass, but Boston College, hopefully. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. So the first interception was your favorite part of the game. Yes. 
Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Well, good good stuff here. Good stuff here. Well, anything else you think? Uh, you just you know, are you just celebrating tonight and going into the week, or uh, anything else uh, we need to uh, discuss, digest, or uh, anything else you want to say? Absolutely not. Just celebrating tonight and looking forward to the most respectful rivalry in the world next week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we go from this very like. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to say there's bad blood between Notre Dame and Clemson, but, you know. We're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. I was really disappointed because Michigan and Rutgers, you know, were was kind of a close game, and then Michigan just blew up in the second half. You know, they, they probably got right. an ass chewing. but and, and then, of course, Alabama loses to LSU, so that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of crazy, you know. But, um yeah, and then for a while, IU was hanging in there with Penn State, but, you know, like, whatever. You know, we don't have to, you know, <laughs> associate or define ourselves by these other teams. Um, you know, I think Notre Dame clearly um, – I think Notre Dame's in control of their own destiny. I doubt with – I highly doubt they'll they'll get, like, a New Year's Six Bowl. I think we're looking more at, like, a Citrus Bowl or, like, a Music City Bowl kind of thing um just because of the, the the record but um yeah we'll see how we'll see how it goes i was actually i found myself googling the uh the idaho potatoes bowl just because like well if we lose like two more games you know it's gonna be like completely different environment because <laughs> um, notre dame is bowl right. eligible now you know six and three um i highly doubt we're gonna crater the rest of the game but we got six wins right now under our belt and it is I don't think it's likely at all that Notre Dame would play Boise State in Albertson's Field this year in the Idaho Potatoes Bowl. So I think uh, we don't have to worry about that. So <laughs> I'll, I'll save the selection committee time. We're playing LSU in a New Year's Six Bowl. What? All right. Crazy, crazy talk here. Dun, dun, dun. At no suck with no USC. LSU, New Year's Six. And then Freeman beats him and Kelly still doesn't have a New Year's Six win. I like where you're going with this. Yes. All right. We'll see if it happens. Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl. All right. At No Suck with No USC. Thank you so much for joining us tonight again. 2,100 plus days and counting since the Trojans beat the Fighting Irish. It's been a while. Thank you. And a good uh, shit-talking moment for Brian Kelly. Um, he did not have his accent after he beat Bama this time. Oh, really? I, I didn't watch the game. I just kind of had it in the background while I was setting up the show here. Um, but, yeah. Uh, well, we invited Jimmy Gallagher to jump on here. Um, oh, no, did he just jump off? Or did Twitter kick him off? I don't know. Uh, who knows? Well, Jimmy, if we if you uh, come back on, uh, we'll we'll bring you back on. Um, Coach Barcegian, you've been invited to speak. It's been a while uh, for you, sir. Um, welcome back to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, Coach Eric Barcegian. Man, how are you doing, dude? I I can't. The only way that this night's gonna get better is if I won Powerball. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will say, hats off to those officials. They played a great second half for Clemson. 
Oh man, you're not much better than the first half. I'll say that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Coach Freeman, uh, you know, getting basically did he get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty? No, they got a sideline warning. That's what they got. I don't think it was an official penalty. At first, I thought they actually gave him gave him fifteen yards, Uh, and I I was kind of like, good, you know, like like sometimes you, I don't want to say you need that, but like if, if your team's like clearly been done wrong um i think that's an appropriate time and especially when it involves like the protection and the safety of your players right when pine gets and it was targeting right he led with the crown of his hat um oh yeah you know they they don't do it again you know what is this two three games in a row i I don't know what it was this is twice at least pine has been targeted and they haven't called it um and not that i'm like a huge like targeting you know you know yard you know duty here person at recess that's not what i'm saying um but i mean clearly it's like then they go review it and then nothing happens but um coach other than the uh, the acc refs being uh, the the most valuable players for clemson tonight uh what is your favorite uh, part of the game that pick six was awesome yeah because yeah. clemson's driving and then just out of nowhere, a true freshman makes the biggest play of his life at this point. And I tweeted this out. Morrison is better than Kyle Hamilton. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> really? Morrison well, is didn't... better than Hamilton. At this point? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that that just, this might I mean, be something we have the... to research and look at. Just look at what he's done in big, high-profile games compared to Hamilton at this point. Yeah, that's that's legit. And he's still just a true freshman. So, wow, that's just that's that's what my money's on. All right, is that I'm, by the I'm time it's said and done, he's he's gonna be far superior to Hamilton if he can stay healthy. Absolutely. Man, and I, mean, I also made sure to mention earlier and I'm not trying to belittle Drew Pine. He played the game of his life, but he still needed Michael Mayer to make a huge block for him on that rushing touchdown. Oh, sure. His number one and only target when he's throwing the ball still has to block for him. <laughs> And it's like I said, once Mayer is gone, Drew Pine is screwed. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got nobody else. Yeah, I think I think that's that's certainly on the horizon here about, you know, what what is what is the direction of Notre Dame without Michael Mayer? Um at what happens next season with regards to uh, Drew Pine or Buckner or potentially a transfer or, you know, something to that effect. Um, there's a lot of ways we can go with it. Um, I will, I will try to kind of keep my mind from racing on those particular topics right now. Um, I will not do that until after the new year, probably, um, that that'll be a a late winter, um, you know, Valentine's St. Patrick's day type of discussion, um, going into the spring and then summer workouts. But, um, yeah, I, I think those are valid points, you know, about where does our football team go with those guys. 
Damn it, Dominic. <laughs> at least he didn't flush what did it. I do? Oh, I know exactly. You you know exactly what you did. At least he didn't do what Coach Barcijan has done. No big deal. Coach Barcijan has flushed toilets, and we've heard much bag crinkling from him with his snacks. Which I'm surprised, Coach. You didn't have like popcorn or chips or something. No, we're we're out of both right now. We got to go to the store. Oh, we're out of both. Sad. <sighs> yeah, we had we had uh, massive burritos uh, tonight here. Well, Which coach, we any, coach, anything else? We, we, I mean, coach, we are stacked on people still. We, I really appreciate everyone jumping on. It's probably our, our most uh, popular space of the night on the Fighting Irish Faithful show. Uh, this is our well, third year doing it, episode twenty-two of the of this of uh, this season. Um, but, coach, any any final thoughts before we jump on to some other people? No, it's all right with daylight savings time coming to an end. I'm going to try to get that extra hour of sleep. So. That's right. That's right. An extra extra hour before going to mass in the morning. That's right. <laughs> well, you you forget. I'm Presbyterian. I'm not Catholic. Oh, that's true. That's right, Coach Barcijan. You are Presbyterian. All right. Thanks, Coach. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for jumping back on. We've missed you. And uh, go Irish. All right. We got a got a new person here. Uh, Kieran Belly, LSU Bitcoin enthusiast. Oh, sure. We'll add you to speaker. Why not? Hello, welcome to the Fire and Irish Faithful Show. If you so wish, unless you jump on. Nope, jumped off. Okay, invite to someone to speak. Oh, hello. What's up? Hello, welcome to the Can show. Yes. Do you know who Brian Driscoll is? I have heard of him. I need you to go ask him. Because he said that Brian Kelly could not win the big game at LSU, right? And I need okay. you to ask him, what now? Why don't you go ask him yourself? Why are you coming on the Fighting Irish Faithful show to ask him? Because he re- he represents your whole your whole plat- like Brian, Brian Driscoll has never joined the Fighting Irish Faithful show. This is another podcast. Uh, go check us okay. out. We're on Spotify, right. iTunes, YouTube. I've been doing this for three years now. We bring stats, scotch, and spreadsheet. But this is a this is like the loud table at a bar, right? What, what I do this as a hobby. I do this as a hobby. Uh, clearly, we've put some money and investment into this with a Yamaha mixer and some other uh, dollars, microphone, new computer, whatever. But this is something I love. I do not do this as a profession. But what I will say in my other profession which is very data and number based i'll just put it that way um i tried to bring some of that to analyzing college football i.e notre dame the show i love that being said um if you want to talk trash about brian driscoll i suggest you just do it to him directly don't use my show as of some sort of vehicle to do that. But if you want to talk about Notre Dame versus Clemson, by all means, let's talk about it. Because Clemson's not good. Clemson is not a good Well, that is evident. They lost to Notre Dame tonight, an unranked Notre Dame team. Exactly. And my biggest thing to you Notre Dame fans that come in here and oh, Brian Kelly can't win the big game. Well, he never did it ever, ever before this year. So why is that? Because Notre Dame's not a better program than LSU. 
Okay. That's debatable. It's not that debatable. debatable. Sure it is. It's not debatable. Well, I mean, you we guys have good... You guys have, hold on a second, guys. Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. You know, this is... This guy's got some legit points. They just had a big win. Okay. Um, now, granted, they also lost to Florida State at the beginning of the year, so I don't know how, what that means. Um, but maybe we're going to ignore that. So if we're going to ignore, throw that one out, then we can throw out Notre Dame's loss to Ohio State. Um, you can't, but you can't throw out the loss. Why loss. not? Let's, we'll let's throw out your Florida State if loss. If Brian Kelly was your head coach right now, you guys would be a one-loss team. Why? Because because that's what BK does. Marcus Freeman is not. You Marcus clearly do not know anything about Brian Kelly. Do you realize that in Marcus Brian Kelly's first season, he lost to Tulsa at home? Do you know that Brian Kelly lost to Duke and went four Brian and Kelly's eight in 2016? No, hold on a second, dude. You know, and I'm not going to let you bring down the party that is this podcast. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. We're, we're going to mute you because I have that power. Mr. Kieran Belly. Is Belly really your last name? Hold on, guys. I got this. This dude does not understand why Notre Dame fans were upset with Brian Kelly. Number one, every time he had the opportunity to win a big game that really mattered, an away game, night game, college game day, all that stuff, didn't happen. Now, if Brian Kelly goes and wins a New Year's Six Bowl or something to that effect, because they're not going to make the playoffs. I highly doubt they will. But if he wins the New Year's Six Bowl, that would be different, okay? But I think that's more of a function of LSU as a program with good players, okay? That being said, what Brian Kelly did to Notre Dame was pretty crappy and pretty shitty. So we don't have to spend any time on this at all. So, Kieran, you're going to stay muted. Mr. Fighting Irish Bay. That's my question to you. I'm talking about Notre Dame. Is nope. Brian Kelly Bye. Free? No, you're gone. We're not going to talk and debate and and discuss uh, Brian Kelly tonight. That's just not going to happen. So so please be Mr. quiet. Mr. Fighting Irish Faithful, do you mind if I chime in for one sec? Oh, sure. Go ahead. There you are. You like so disappear. I, I, I was waiting for a while. I didn't want to interrupt here, but can we talk about special teams and defense just yes, for a please. second for Notre Dame? Yeah, how it's awesome. Come on now. Let's go. Let's Should Brian Mason we, we like and his agent try to Brian renegotiate Mason. his contract right now? I want Brian Mason to raise my kids <laughs> and and run my entire program. <laughs> Can I hand you my budget? Can you like make this better, you know? Thank you. I, I want him to run everything that I do right now. Cause come on now. Let's go. Special teams is just they're they're rolling on all cylinders. Yeah, we're rushing the football on offense. You know, we we got Drew Pine. He he passed for under a hundred yards, but he did his job. We rushed for over two fifty, and we got a huge win, huge win, and not with DJ as a backup to Trevor Lawrence when Clemson was ranked high. This is a legitimate big win at home, and Marcus Freeman needed it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, you know, gosh, they, they shown Brian Mason on the uh, on the sideline, and, you know, he just – and he doesn't even, like, look like – he. I don't get, like – I feel like he's a little animated, but I feel like he's more locked in, and when 
something amazing happens with his special teams, he's more like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. That's kind of the, re- the the reaction I see from him. Yeah, he's got that look like he knows what's going on in practice. He's got full confidence. And then when it happens, he's got that like, yeah, yep, knew it was going to go down, but didn't want to say anything beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Now, the defense with Al Golden, you know, I, uh, I w- recently got my eyes checked. And so I'm due for uh, a new pair of glasses here. Um, I want to reach out to Al Golden and figure out what kind of frames he has because I want the Al Golden glasses for the next year. I, I don't even wear glasses, and I would wear Al Golden's glasses right now. <laughs> and I would want the better vision to watch Brian Mason raise my entire family. Yes, that's right. And I've been kind of in and out this time because I've been putting the kids to bed, but that's I right. want Wookie to just come on right now and talk about Al Golden. All right, everybody, if you're not on the on the show right now, Go ahead and, uh, um, uh, you know, everyone send a DM to Wookie. You know, and may- maybe he's just, just celebrating and doing laps around his house. Who knows? Yeah. So I know you got a lot of people in the queue here, but I'm excited to get back on for a second time. I just want to say this defense, special teams, we did what we had to do. We were worried about some Clemson fans being in the stadium. Notre Dame showed up. We won a big game. This was huge for Marcus Freeman. We had some big recruits in the building. And it, it, it was a great night for Irish fans. Great night for Marcus Freedom. Freedom, and I say that willingly, <laughs> and Brian Mason. Like it was it was awesome. It was. It it's a really it's a really good feeling tonight as a fan, you know. Um and um yeah, I, I, I couldn't have said it better there. So, Jimmy, I really appreciate you jumping back on at JL Gallagher three. Um, you know, stay on and listen. Uh, we're going to jump over to Patrick here next. So, Jimmy, thanks so much. Absolutely, man. You guys have a good night. All right. Go Irish. Go Irish. All right. Patrick B at Sav McCauley. You've been invited to speak. Um, you've requested to speak. So welcome. Hello. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Hit the pink button. Gotcha. What's up, guys? Hello, Patrick. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Is this your first time joining us? No, I've been on before with you guys. It's just been the uh, last few games I haven't been able to because I've been out and about. But uh was fully locked in tonight, and God, what a night it was. First thing I want to say is that LSU fan, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. What a douche. Uh, it's like, dude, you won a legit game at home. Okay, you won at home, right? You know, like, do it on the road, all right? Go to Tuscaloosa. But, like, you won. Like, enjoy it. Just win with dignity and grace and just move on. Like, at the end of the day, like, like it's kind of like Notre Dame in 2020. Like, yes, we beat, you know, Clemson. And then we, um, like, in 2012, we beat Oklahoma on the road and, and stuff like that. And it's like... Yeah, but, like, the games that really matter with Kelly didn't. And so it's like, just don't be an asshole and jump to the former coach's team's podcast and then want to talk shit about Brian Driscoll. Like, I I don't even, like, I'm kind of agnostic to Brian Driscoll. Like, I don't think he's a bad guy. You know, I don't really listen to his show, um, you know, because it's not as interactive as my show. I mean, I've got a bias, and you know, like the, there's only a handful of shows I listen to, and all of them are actually by fans. None of them are actual like media people. 
you know, like I'll read some articles maybe, but like, like I'm a fan, you know, and I don't get paid to do this now, unless people want to buy merch, you know, where's Justin Cates. Ah, he's my QVC guy. He's not here, but, um, yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. That guy, we need to pray for him at at mass tomorrow. You know, Jesus loves him too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but he can go fuck himself tonight. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Anyways, man. So I've I've heard that about LSU fans that they're just, Terrible well, with people. the Brian Kelly, I, you know, I, I, fl- I flipped away from the game and I watched uh, I watched the end of the game. I watched LSU beat Bam and Brian Kelly was fake crying with his interview with Holly Rowe. It was pathetic. I just Ugh. had to turn it off. But anyways, well, uh, let's get back to the Notre Dame. Yeah, go ahead. Let, no let, let's let's go back to you. What's your what's your favorite part of this? Uh, and Jimmy, you need to jump back on. You didn't tell me what your favorite part of this. Oh, no, you kind of did. Well, you talked about Brian uh, Mason being uh, wanting to raise your children, but what's your favorite part of this game, Patrick? What's your favorite part of this game? My, I, I, I'll give you two numbers: forty-seven for two sixty-three. That was my favorite part of the game. There you um, go. Because unbelievable. Un, man, when's the last? I, there's not a time I can remember in recent history where Notre Dame has shown up and run the ball well in a big game like this. So. Um, uh, unbelievable job by the offensive line, Estime, um, Logan Diggs. I was actually surprised that Logan Diggs started the game, but I I wasn't opposed to it because he's just. I mean, Estime is elusive too, but he's a more downhill, and I I kind of like that move. I don't think they were expecting Diggs to start the game, and he's a he, he's a slightly different runner than Estime. So I love that move by Freeman. I think he, he kind of got the game going, and then Estime came in behind him, and then obviously Tyree as well, uh, three headed monster, unbelievable. Oh, but, gotta take a um, drink. Gotta take a drink. Said the number. Three headed monster. He said it. Yep. There you yeah, go. Take a drink, but um, you know, I was talking to a few few buddies of mine earlier this week that are big Notre Dame fans, and I just you know they were like, "What, what do you think's got to happen this week?" And I was like, "I was like, we have to steal two, at least two possessions, and we got to score on defense, or we got to score on special teams." And yeah, we stole possessions, and we scored on defense yeah. and special two, teams, and twofer. that's gonna do it every time. Twofer. So yeah, so it's awesome. Um, when when those things happen, man, it's it's you know good things are gonna happen. You don't turn the ball over. You know Drew Pine. You know I I still have I still have lots of questions about Drew Pine, but he is serviceable for now. He can hand the ball off very well. So, yeah. Um, we'll yeah. we'll just call it a day. I mean, it's next year is gonna be next year. I'm sure. Um, you know, Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman are going to have to have a talk about it because, uh, to be honest with you, you know, I won't get into it. I won't, you know, put a damper on the night, but I don't think Pine nor Buckner are the answer. I don't think Buckner's accurate at all. I don't, uh, I just don't like his style of play. I don't think he's played enough. The thing with Buckner, and, and, and I, I think these are very valid points you make. The one thing I will say about Buckner is our offensive line was not as put together as it is now. You know, because we were not running the ball as effectively as we are now. You know, like like Marshall game. Like, let's go back if we, you know, not to, again, not to put a damper on things. But we only ran the ball for 130 yards against Marshall and then 147 against Cal um, and 76 against Ohio State and Grants Ohio State. But my point is, like, we're rushing in the 200s now against, you know, Clemson, you know, and against Syracuse, you know, and it's that's really good so with buckner 
I'd be curious to know if he has more time in the pocket um, to not just be as frantic and just be like, look, the world is collapsing around me, and now I need to chuck it. So. I agree with that. I, mean, I so. don't think – I think if, you know, with if – we're blocking if we're run blocking like the way we are and you have but you add buckner into that mix it gives defenses a, it's a nightmare for defenses um i wish you know if he stands in the pocket he could be a little bit more accurate i mean pine pine missed a few throws tonight he had you know he had a, a drop but that there was a throw on the sideline to, um Lindsay, he was wide open. That throw to Mayer down the seam, he should have he should have hit. He should have, you know, mm-hmm. when your all American tight end throws his hand up, fucking rip the ball to him, dude. If it get if it get if it's incomplete or it gets intercepted, but he threw his hand up, step into it and rip the ball. So Well, I mean, and there was one it, pass that I think it was it was kind of a broken play and you know, he's being flushed from the pocket and Lindsay is just on the sideline, you know, by the first down marker and he just sails the ball way over him into the Clemson bench and maybe into the gold seats. But it's like, Whoa, he was wide open. There wasn't a, a Clemson defender, you know, 10 yards away from him. Right. And, um, yeah, and maybe it was a function of, you know, he's being pursued by, by monsters of Clemson's, you know, D line. So fine. Um, but it's like, man, you know, like, like, you're on the on the move here and you got a guy that's wide open you just sail the ball on him yeah like yeah that's that sucks you know (laughs) like 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 we we want more so yeah we want more and we deserve more we like that's what the fan base is like why can't we like i'm sitting here watching usc and caleb williams and it's dudes like scrambling around making like hit throws that are like for i mean they're in a battle with cal right now and they're very they look very beatable but anyways that will we'll cross that bridge when we get to it but um i won't take up too much more of your time man i know no you're man it's cool but- no it's, we're happy to give everyone you know the time that they need and they want um except for that douchebag that's the uh, lsu <laughs> fan that uh, we're gonna have to say some prayers for because uh All right. again jesus loves him at t- anyway so <laughs> I, I got i got a bet i'll leave you I got a bet for you for next week, man. The over under 24 and a half pass attempts combined for both teams next week. <laughs> combined. Wait, I'm going to write this down. Combined over under 24 at pass attempts. 24 and a half pass attempts combined for both teams next week. You oh, know, man. Navy's going to throw it like three or four times. Everyone go to your local casinos. See if they'll let you place this bet. Okay. <laughs> Does DraftKings right, let you do this? I don't know. All uh, right. I don't know. It'll probably be up there. We appreciate your time tonight, guys, man. Uh, big win. Go Irish. Absolutely. Uh, Huge uh, win. Celebrate. Everyone feel good about this win. At Sab McCauley on the Twitter. Thank you so much. And go Irish. All right. Uh, Jimmy, I see your hey, speaker. Can I, say, can I say one more thing for you? Of course. Well, and I have a I question. Heard you, I heard you chime in and ask me what my favorite part of the game was. Correct. So I just want to chime back in and, and say that real quick. Yes. It's going to be a boring stat here, but my favorite part was only five penalties. Oh, okay. For loss yardage. Like, huge improvement from last week. Okay. We have to be a disciplined football team. Five penalties for 67 yards. Like, that's huge. Okay. Okay. You know, I, and honestly, I, um, I've actually never really tracked penalties just because like, I, I kind of originally was, but then I was noticing that all the guys that were winning the title just kind of 
they weren't great at penalties. You know, they were kind of like in the middle of the road. And so I was like, well, this doesn't seem statistically significant if half of college football is better than the national champion. So I'm not saying like you're wrong or belittling you. And, and, you know, if you're excited about that, like by all means, that's great. And penalties suck, right? You know, it's, it's, it, it makes your, your, it's a hindrance to your success. Um, And and you're absolutely right. Like it, it really doesn't make a difference in terms of like national champions. And it's not comparing us to those big heavyweights yeah but just for us as a program like it's nice to see some discipline and like last week was kind of a horror show like we it it was nice to see us perform on a big stage not get penalized beat a big team at home and the only reason i chime back in is because i heard you ask so i no no i appreciate that and well and and the one thing about penalties i will say is like sometimes like and I don't want to say you have to like test the waters. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, when you have players that are aggressive or um, just excited and emotional or whatever, um, sometimes like penalties are an indication of that. It's like if you've got a defender that's playing really aggressive on the wide receiver and then he gets called for pass interference, for example, or holding or whatever, you know, it, like penalties kind of gauge like, okay, like, like hold back like a hair there, um, you know, young buck. And, and that's like, so penalties kind of help you, you know, gauge how aggressive you can be um, because penalties are, I don't want to say they're subjective, but there are, you know, other individuals who are out there and if they see it, they see it, or if they're going to call it tight, they're going to call it tight or loose or, you know, and this has kind of been a topic in the past, but Again, I th- I see penalties sometimes as like like penalties I don't like are like holding on the offensive lineman or false starts or delay of game like that shit annoys me. But if it's like like illegal blocking or uh, you know pass interference or sometimes even targeting, it's like or or, or even unsportsmanlike conduct, right? Sometimes even like an unsportsmanlike penalty you know, where guys are just excited and, you know, you have the Kyle Hamilton taking his helmet off on the sideline kind of thing. Like sometimes I'm like, you know, that's a byproduct of just aggressive football play. And right. so or Drew Pine being like assaulted three and a half oh, seconds good. after the plays Gosh. after tonight. But yeah. that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, and then they don't call it like, Oh, that's not a penalty. Really? Mm, he led with his head. That's right. the rule. So, but no, it, it, it was really nice for me to see our team be disciplined. And I think that's a testament to the head coaching. And it's just like, it's kind of a testament to we're going to be disciplined for you and not be penalized for 135 yards. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's it's, it's kind of nice. Let's not do that. So anyways, go Irish. Yeah. Go Irish, man. I'm, I'm happy you jumped on again and thank you for, your uh, contribution here and we, we have now a wider breadth of people's favorite parts of the game so thank you jimmy absolutely man have a good night all right thank you uh let's go to market down at holesome 35 thank you for your patience you've been invited to speak are you there yes sir holesome 35 what up family what up family the happy family yeah, it's my birthday today. Is it really? 
Yeah, we got an extra hour of it too. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Brilliant. So, how are you just like living and basking and eating cake or cupcakes? What What are you doing here? I'm just enjoying the the victory. Uh, got a quick stat for you here. I am ready. Can, can you guess how many years it took for Brian Kelly? To be the top five team. Top five team. Um, top, top five. I'd say his entire career. Well, it was 10 years. The 2020. Well, okay. I guess uh, that's true. I guess there was 2020. Marcus, Marcus Freeman did it in year one. Year one. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. At, so at a program or something is what you're saying. Yes. Well, at Notre Dame. Oh, at Notre Dame. Okay. So, perspective. <laughs> I was thinking more like Kelly, like, for his entire time coaching Division One football. Like, from Western Michigan all the way to now at LSU. Like, I could only think of, like, however how many years it was until he, you know, beat uh, Clemson at home um, or Alabama tonight. Um, took him took him ten seasons to get a top five win. Marcus gets in year one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I uh, I'm with you there, and and I think that that's maybe the only other thing. Well, I could think of actually a lot of things that would make uh, tonight even better. You know, Kelly and LSU losing, Michigan losing, US USC losing. You know, they're they're boat racing whoever they're playing. Um, yeah, just, you know, I, I can think of a bunch of other things like that. Um, anyway, back to this game. So Coach Freeman, you know, he was being interviewed on the, uh, on the uh, well, in the mass of humanity that was students and, mm-hmm. and Adam Dowling and, and whoever else that jumped onto the field um, to celebrate. Um, what are your thoughts on Coach Freeman, you know, like high-fiving students after NBC you know, interviews him and who knows how long it takes for the players and everyone to get back to the locker room. Right. I can't imagine what you do after that. Like you want to have a team meeting or talk about it in, inside the locker room. Like how long do you wait until everybody gets back up there to talk to you? you know? Yeah. But, I, I imagine what happens is like, you know, eventually they like, people are like, okay, like, yay we're excited let's all go do the alma mater so you get like this massive humanity which is taking up the whole field just okay everyone sway together and do the alma mater because um, the band is still in the the stadium right and then uh, you know and everyone kind of sings the fight song and then it's like okay the game's over and you know mm-hmm. they just open up the gates of the the tunnel and then just let everyone out and if you're a player you just make that left turn into the locker room and everyone else just get your ass out and back to your car or your dorm or wherever you're supposed to go. So that, that's my thought. It's, and it's one of those things where it's like, and we've seen this a lot. Like, what was it? I, I was watching, uh, I think it was Thursday. It was, uh, coastal Carolina and Appalachia state. And I guess their rivals, who knows? Um, it was really the only decent football game on that night, but coastal Carolina, like rushed the field. And it's like, mm, that this is not like a ranked team or something, but, um, hey, like I just see the field being rushed more and more than it has in the past. 
And I don't know if that's a generational thing or it's like, oh, we won. We run on the field. Like, you know, they can't all stop us, you know, so. <laughs> well, I don't. I think the rushing the field was fine because. Oh, I don't have a problem with coming, it. it. It's coming from a place where we had struggles. We're an unranked year, team right? and we just beat the top four, a playoff team. Like if the well, playoffs were on Tuesday. I don't necessarily think it's an un- unranked thing. I think it's more of a that we lost to Marshall and Stanford and everyone was feeling down earlier in the beginning of the season. And now we've got this big monster win. Now it's something to celebrate. So I think that's where it's coming from, but I was happy to see Marcus show some raw joy and emotion in his uh, interview after the game. And when you watch other teams that have big wins like that, and you see their coaches, you know, on the verge of tears and, you know, just, happy to win the game and you know you're you feel that same joy when it's now your turn you know what i'm saying yeah i'm with you i'm with you there yeah no i mean like you spend so much time and effort into something that you are just you're constantly thinking about and you're trying to you know go through every scenario of mitigation uh, and improving success you know preventing failure um, and then you have responsibilities, you know, for the formation of, you know, your 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 staff, uh, for the these players that you've uh, committed to them, right? And you know, these guys did not transfer or whatever, and um, and, and then to see it culminate into what we saw tonight with an effective uh, winning performance. Um, by Notre Dame. I mean, it, wow, you know, it's just, it's fantastic. It, it's really great. Yeah. My game ball goes to these corners because I think earlier in the week I told you that Clemson was going to try to attack the perimeter, which they did. Yeah. But our corners were ready. They tackled the best tackling I've seen in a long time. And that was everybody on yeah. defense. They just, they just wrapped up and took them to the ground versus whiffing, which I've complained about for pretty much every week this season. Our corners just whiffing. They stuck those tackles tonight, and that's why they won the game. Well, and what's interesting is is like like passing yards, you know. And and I, I'm with you there. I, I at, at first I was kind of like, well, I don't really think Clemson had did too much passing downfield. Well, they did throw it downfield, but they just weren't effective. Like they weren't they weren't getting home on on them. So um, so that's crazy. And, and you know, passing touchdowns. You know, Clemson was ranked 30th in the country, um, which isn't, you know, terrible at all. Um, you know, and just uh, passing yards. Gosh, where is it on my spreadsheet? Why don't I see it? Oh, there it is. Um, I mean, they're better than Notre Dame, but passing yards, they were 71st in the country, right? So, you know, that's nothing crazy, you know, to, to get super excited about. Um, and, and so, and Notre Dame, you know, a team that normally passes for 236 yards um you know they had they were limited to 191 by our secondary so um you know hooray for our side yeah i was actually surprised of how successful we were running it on that front seven uh but you called it earlier in the week so kudos to you saying that we were gonna run it on them i wasn't so confident in that with that with that that nfl ready front four that they've got but apology accepted uh, (laughs) i'm just messing with you (laughs) i was not expecting that at all but i'm so glad that they 
and O-line dominated them. It was fun to watch. And, and don't get me wrong, like, like a, I, I said what I said because I'm evidence-based, and I didn't see evidence that showed me that Clemson could stop a rushing attack from a team that actually prioritizes rushing. Um, you know, they played a bunch of teams, you know, Boston College, Furman, Louisiana Tech, you know, Wake Forest, right? These teams, Syracuse, they do not prioritize rushing the football this season. And um, so, yeah, you you limit them to like less than 100 yards rushing. Like, that's great. Good job. And those numbers don't lie. Like, you can't fake that. But I wanted to look further into that and say, what does Clemson or excuse me, not what Clemson does, but what do these these opponents do? Because I'm not going to take anything away from Clemson in in said game. Clemson does limit, you know, Louisiana Tech to, you know, however many rushing yards that was. Okay. Not going to take that away from Clemson, but what I will say is, in the other games Louisiana Tech is playing, how well do they rush the football, or where do they rush the football relative to every other team, all 131 teams in college football? And if they're not good, which they weren't, then what does that mean? So it's kind of like like we talk about strength of schedule a lot, and I talk about Sagarin a lot. Um, because it's all numbers and math and it's not opinion based. It's actually evidence based and numbers based. And so the passing defense, or excuse me, the rushing defense by Clemson, again, if I look into the numbers and actually look at where those numbers come from by what teams, if they're terrible rushing teams, i.e. Boston College, who we play in two weeks, well, shit, you know, we're going to, I see no reason why Notre Dame, a good rushing team, can't potentially run well against them. And that's why I said what I said. Oh, yeah. I'm watching the USC game right now, and I'm not impressed with their their line at all on both sides. Oh, and, yeah. You know. I ha- I'll be honest. I, I've watched, like, probably five minutes, if that, of USC this week. And part of it is just I'm too busy doing other stuff and not prioritizing it. The other fact is I just – I just don't like that team. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you think I would? I would? Quick. I would pay more attention to thine enemy, but you know. Mm. Right. <laughs> I think going forward, we definitely need to get Pine rolling out when he's passing. Though he he's a lot more effective when he's on the run or rolling out on. Rather yeah, than he needs sitting, a safety valve. Someone running a an out route or a flat or or a corner or something. And and worst case scenario, you just chuck it out of bounds as you're kind of cruise into the sideline i i'm with you there and he can't see over the line when he's in the pocket there all these passes get batted down he's just way better when he's rolling out so yeah yeah he's had he's had a few deflections that's for sure well uh mark at holesum 35 any other any other thoughts uh before we jump over we're gonna try to jump over to jam yeah it was a big win big win for marcus big win for recruits Big win for the players. Yes. Big win for the big win for us fans too. So absolutely, yeah. I mean, again, nothing, nothing is better for recruiting than winning. Just win, and baby. There were a lot there, and there, there were, were a lot of recruits at this big night game, and uh, yeah, um, you know, you can have good performance, good stadium atmosphere. You know, people like Adam Dowling jumping up, up and down and yelling like a banshee. That's great. 
but you need wins and because success attracts more success and we need good players so mark thank you for joining us again on the fighting irish faithful show and we're going to jump over to jam at jam eco 703 you've been invited to speak on the fighting irish faithful show welcome back if you so wish to join us if it's not too late it's uh we're getting close to 1 a.m but we're only an hour and a half ish in well it's, it's midnight right we I, step back the clock you know i i read somewhere it was like 1 a.m or 2 a.m when that happened so it'd be interesting if we're still doing this to watch the uh clock in the lower right hand corner here from windows to see what actually ha- will happen Fighting Irish faithful Dick Clark with the apple dropping. I mean, monumental occasions <laughs> in American history. That's but right. Yeah, first That's and right. foremost, best part of the game, Red Snappers uh, selfie, you know, four hours ago. that uh, He just had his game face on, so I, I knew we were, uh, we were in good shape <laughs> once, I, uh, once I saw that. Um, Red Snapper had a game face. I saw his pickle pickle shot or whatever in his notches. I don't know if it's pickle. He had a, he had the uh, he had the selfie. But long story short, the and somebody said it earlier. The elimination of penalties. Um, there was a discipline that they exhibited tonight that uh, we had not seen throughout the season. Um, I thought that was awesome. Um, the not flinching. Um, yes, and I thought Morrison's uh, pick six is a perfect example of that. Yeah, that he, he had a big, really, big game. Yeah, but really controversial calls on that drive. That a team that's not, you know, disciplined and mentally tough flinches at that occasion, and they didn't. They responded. Um, that was huge. Uh, similarly, with the backup quarterback, don't flinch. You know, execute. Um, so. It uh, it felt good, and whatever the guy's name was, uh, crying uh, belly with the uh, the, fart, <laughs> the, the LSU the fart, fan the that fact, came on here to yeah. try to just be rude. That's yeah, right. the fun fact is the coach who won the most games without winning a national championship at Notre Dame. Right, it doesn't mean anything. 12, yeah, it took ten years to beat a top five team. With an asterisk, that team didn't have their starting quarterback. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Week week nine accomplished something Kelly didn't do in twelve years. Right. So enough of that. It, it was a great win. It was you know you can really see Coach Freeman maturing as a coach uh, in terms of the engagement on the sidelines. If you look at the actions and engagement uh, going back to the bowl game to to last week and today um it's a different guy on the sidelines and i think that's huge uh for the program um this is the most i've seen him not only just like yelling and and kind of like like i feel like we're seeing as each week goes on as we're you know this far into the season and you know coach freeman is now you know gosh you know this is his uh uh gosh he just coached 10 games now 10 games that's right. uh, as a coach. So now he's in double digits as a head coach. I feel like he's starting to like, I don't want to say be more comfortable with his role, but, but he is the leader. 
And so he is now becoming more comfortable in making his opinion and his voice known about what his expectations are and being more comfortable about yelling at the refs or, you know, talking to his other coaches and, and basically taking ownership. And so I, I, this is the first time I've seen coach Freeman, um, really just like have his voice raised when he's talking to his, uh, assistance now i'm sure it's not rude or whatever but you know you know and and we're watching whatever nbc is providing us but this is the first time i've ever seen coach freeman when when reese and some of the other coaches came down from the booth and they're um you know out there and they're just like okay this is what um you know this is what we're going to do just because the game is clearly in hand and then i forget what happened at the end of the game and like clemson had called time time out and you know all of a sudden you've got coach freeman there and you know he's kind of like yelling at his assistants and uh, maybe not yelling at them but my point is he's really finding his identity as a leader and it's like look you are you are the law when you're the head coach in college football you really don't answer to anyone else I mean, maybe the athletic director, um, you know, the president of the university and, you know, some of this other stuff and, and our Lord Jesus Christ. But like, that's all the only people you, you answer to maybe your spouse too, but like, <laughs> seriously, like this is not the NFL where you got like the GM and the owner and some of this other bullshit. And it's like, no, um, you're kind of in charge of everything. Insert audio file here. My name is the law. I am great, the law. great, great, great movie. Yeah. No, they, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And end of the day, you know, he's thirty-five years old, and the uh, the growth is uh, to be expected. Um, I think, to your point, I think it's, uh, and I may be assuming too much, but I think it's also become invisible in the play calling. Um, it seems like more more direction has been given to Tommy Reese in terms of um, what's expected and yeah you know. do what actually is gonna help us win football games like like and I don't I don't doubt that like coach Reese and any any coach that's that's sane you know is gonna be like well we really should try to pass the ball but it's like look if it's just not working we have to win today we have to win this game today okay we can talk about what our plan is going to be or what we should be doing as a program. I'm with you 100%, but it's like, look, at the end, of, you still have to win today. And if passing the ball with this quarterback and, and with this group of receivers who maybe doesn't have all the chops, whatever it is, look, you've got these running backs and we have a decent offensive line that can move people. And we saw that clearly tonight we've seen it in other games do it again and if it doesn't work then we we move to to phase two but phase one should always be run the football it should always be run the football i know it's not exciting it's not what people want to see but it's like like let's let's look at that alabama just lost tonight alabama is not the team of your clearly with how did alabama get to the point under saban other than having really good players but like 
AJ McCarron was their quarterback and they had like Derrick Henry and, and, you know, Eddie Lacy and these kind of guys that would just pound it down the opponent's throat. Um, and they had really, really good defenses, really good defenses. And, um, that is not what Alabama is anymore. So they're kind of deviating from the recipe of success. Um, and I'm not like, you know, this is not the Alabama podcast, but it's like, like we, we should be comparing, you know, success to a, a coach and a program that has demonstrated consistent, uh, success as time has gone on. And this is now they're kind of getting more flashy with Bryce young and, you know, the passing thing and, you know, maybe, maybe they need to take a step back and, and, and if this was a shootout game, then maybe they would have, uh, they would have won. Um, but it was kind of a nail biting close game down in, down in the bayou. And it's like, look, Alabama lost. And, and this is now two big road losses for, for the tide. So. No. And I think you have to, uh, you know, dictate your will and not game plan week to week. Impose your I will. Hope. That's what we learned from the Charlie Weiss era. Like you have to, you have to have an identity. And to be frank, we haven't had an identity twenty plus years. Like, what what do we do at the most critical moments? And I think he, you know, Kelly multiple times. And this is an indictment on Kelly, but multiple times he talked about preseason. I'm committing to the run, but he always flinched in critical moments. And what you've seen the last couple of weeks is Marcus Freeman's team showing what he has said. We have to be tough on both lines. The identity of our team has to be offensive line and defensive line are our foundation. And, uh, I mean, it was the best the defensive lines played. Uh, and Brian Mason, whatever the hell you have to do, lock him up. Because yeah. we haven't seen special teams like this since the Frank Beamer, Beamer era oh at Virginia gosh. Tech. Like, right. So. I mean, the the aggressiveness of just punt blocking. And um, and what's great about that is it frees up Brandon Joseph to to have time because the ball is not hanging as much. The, the punter is just like, get rid of it as fast as possible because I've got these, you know, you know, literally five guys trying to trying to clobber me um and and so that allows brandon joseph time to to read how far away the the opponent is and then can actually have it a chance at a decent return no i was talking to a uh, high school coach from florida and i'm not an urban meyer fan but one of the things urban meyer did was emphasize special teams and one of the ways he did that was if you weren't participating on special teams, you had to do conditioning during that time period. Yep. So you either sat on your ass watch, you know, going over film and game planning, or you were out conditioning. And that's how, if you go back to Myers' teams in Florida, he had spikes and those guys on special teams because they didn't want to condition. Um, and there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. I'm not saying that's the answer, but that is an area that if you look back the great teams have always emphasized special teams because at the end of the day it's a third of the game yeah it is it is 
Yeah, and then uh, Dave, who was on last week, he actually said there's a fourth element, and it was kind of he. he I, I really appreciate this. He was talking about the little things. It was like discipline, you know, no penalties, um, you know, no snap count, sound tackling, which kind of goes into the defensive thing. But but it was kind of like like the other like intangible little things um, that as an aggregate you know, culminate and sum up to, you know, something that's, that's, that's a, that's a worthy, worthy column in in the foundation here. Um, But yeah, I mean, when you have a special teams threat in, and and let me ask you this, you know, as the game went on, we started doing squib kicks every time we kicked off. What's your, what's your thought on that? I think it's great. Yeah, I thought you, it was too. What you don't want to do at that point is put the ball in their most explosive players' hands and give them the opportunity to take a ch- chunk out of the momentum. Like coming out of halftime, you know, your message at halftime has to be no, no big, uh, no defensive, you know, no turnovers. You, you don't want them to get a pick six. Don't give them an easy score. Right. Don't give them any special teams explosive plays. And take care of the football. It becomes that simple at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, anything. So you're you're echoing the the five penalties as your favorite part of this game. Yeah, the discipline that was exemplified. That was that was critical, especially last week. We had five for fifty in the first quarter. That's just tremendous and. I give my game ball to Al Golden and uh, Morrison. Nice. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fabulous. You know the I, I'm very happy. Like like after the after the Marshall game, not to be all negative here, but after the Marshall game, I was like, look, just any opinions or filters or basis you had of comparing this team to. Notre Dame of what we in our minds think it could be or should be just erase that from your memory and just embrace what it is today. And now fast forward to the present where we are now. And it's like, wow, we have really turned things around since Marshall and even Stanford. Um, and so um, I hope it's not a function of our of our team playing to their level of competition. Um, but I, something and I, and I seems think different. That's... I think something's a little different about this team. And, and it's not swag or attitude. It's just flat-out execution. And I'd ask the question, when you look at the running game, when's the last time you saw us run against a defense, a formidable defense like that? Well, and a decent defense with legit talent. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, you can go back to Oklahoma, but Big 12 doesn't play defense. We have not run against a premier defense like that in a very long time. Well, and you could even say that, like, even the 2020 game um, against Clemson doesn't necessarily count because it wasn't just Trevor Lawrence who was out during that game. It was the... uh, who was no boy the, the linebacker linebacker yeah and his and, and i don't know if his venable son it might be the no, same guy it was, 
No, it was the other, it was the other kid. He was, he was captain of their defense. He yeah, yeah. I, I can see his face. I just, I whoever that guy, that guy. Uh, he yeah, just got he, called for another targeting penalty. <laughs> probably, um, but yeah, that like, and and don't get me wrong. Like, I am not trying to belittle at all the 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 awesomeness that was Notre Dame being Clemson in 2020. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like objectively look at what happened and Notre Dame yes they won but at the same time it just admit they some of the best players for Clemson were not there um either due to covid or injury or whatever and and then the next time we played them it was pretty obvious you know what was going on so um the game yeah. planning the game planning on their uh, exploitation of the flats and the uh, you know the lateral game, I thought a couple of those big plays early set a tone, um, taking taking away those screens because it was obvious. What was impressive to me, it was obvious that Clemson thought they had identified a weakness with those screens, and whether it was self scouting or whatnot, Al Golden was prepared for that, like. Those I corners. felt our defense was so prepared tonight. And those corners played those. I mean, and they made big time plays. And they just looked locked in, and and like the 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 defensive linemen um, were just getting penetration. You know, like how many sacks did we have? Ah, uh, geez, we should look this up. Uh, we had four sacks and seven tackles for loss. I'm be- pretty confident those are above our average for the season. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, tackles for loss, we averaged uh, 6.25. Sacks, we averaged 3. So we were above average on our sacks and tackles for loss. I I, I can't ask for better. Against a, a decent team with better talent. I and, and that comes down to coaching and just tenacity and execution. and um, Yeah, it's fantastic. No, and the one last thing with the uh, post-game celebration in a time like this, it's kind of like parents on Halloween. You give a little more latitude. Um, so they'd have the address from Coach Freeman in the locker room. It may be uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes later than it usually is, but yeah. it, it's not a situation where you're yeah. rushing back to the locker room. You're no, I don't think so. Place. I mean, like, like I will say this, like, like I, I didn't play college sports or anything, you know, but, but I did, I went to Gonzaga university and I was there at a time, you know, when we had Adam Morrison on another Morrison on the, on the team, you know, I got, I got an autographed uh, basketball by him here in the studio. Um, it was a really fun time to be a student when your team for your school was, was doing great things. And um, being a student at Gonzaga University with our basketball team doing really well um, was fantastic. Um, Going over to Notre Dame here with tonight, um, these players are student athletes. They are still students. They are part of that student body. They, especially the freshmen and sophomores, I'm pretty sure Notre Dame still requires them to live in the dorms. Uh, for a year or two so like and and, you know if you live in dylan hall or you know morrissey manor or you know 
you know, pick pick whatever men's dorm you want. Um, Carroll Hall, you know, the one that's way out on the other side of the lake. Um, those guys are part of their dorms. You know, their roommate is like a like a business major or an arts major. Who knows? Um, they are students and they are part of that student body. They eat in the dining halls. They go to class in DeBartolo. You know, many of these, and, and they're, they're celebrities clearly because everyone knows of them and of the, you know, the team, but our players should be encouraged to celebrate with the fellow students in some way, shape or form. And just, just be young, you know, men in college. Right. And, and, Tonight is a great night. You know, they'll remember this. You know, this is a, a solid victory. And this is this is awesome. And and so I'm with you, you jam. If it takes, you know, 20, 30 minutes more for um, you know, the team to get settled and get back to the locker room and, and celebrate as a team, yeah, that's a, that's okay. No, and what's cool is they're not celebrities, uh, because of the reasons that you describe. They, uh, they are, you know, they're their friends, they're their classmates, they're their dorm mates. Yeah, they still have to do student projects, they still have to write papers. Now, granted, they, they also have a lot of help with tutors and some of these other yeah, things, they're, which they're is fine. They're participating in the projects, and I read an article, you know, Jeff Burris talking about 93. His fondest memory of that was going back to his dorm, and the guys in the dorm giving him a standing ovation. Yeah. And... That's what it's about. That, that's why, you know, that, it, that's one of the reasons Notre Dame's different. Like, they're not separate. You know, it's not, it's not like yeah. Jefferson and Fast Times or Ishmael High. We thought we all <laughs> threw them in for the game. Those guys are with them. And they, uh, it's, it's cool. It's, it's an uh, amazing atmosphere, an amazing environment. Um, and they're, they're there when they lose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I and think that's, what, cool. that's what differentiates Notre Dame, you know, like, like, Absolutely. like Notre Dame is a special place and, you know, we may want, you know, football glory and greatness and titles and all these other things. But like, I am also as, as, as an alum, someone who got a grad degree there, you know, the place was, it, it's hard as hell. Notre Dame is hard as hell. Okay. And, um, you know, that place humbled me more than anything that had in my life up to that point. Um, I will, I can say it with confidence, um, which doesn't sound very humble when I say it like that, but, but you guys get the point. Notre Dame's hard. And so, so the students and what they have to go through, um, I mean, it's a contributing reason why I do a podcast about Notre Dame football and not about Gonzaga basketball. I'll just put it that way. Um, but no, my first my first game was fifty eight seven. The game in Miami. I was a kid. The next day, they had a communion breakfast with the alumni club of Miami. We lived down there at the time. I went. Steve Berline was at our table. All he talked about was finals. <laughs> he didn't talk mm. about the game. He didn't talk about the next season. <laughs> he talked about the finals and what he was behind on. And I remember my dad. You know, see that they're student athletes here, blah blah blah. Yeah. But a lot of, it, it, there's a lot of truth to that. And uh, but at the end of the day, I'll leave you with Father Hesburgh's quote: "Notre Dame has football, Texas has oil. Neither should apologize." 
Let's go beat the shit out of the midshipmen. Uh, I love it. Uh, thank you, Father Ted. And thank you, Jam, at Jamico703 uh, on the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Really appreciate your insight, your your opinions, and your uh, your wisdom, quite frankly. Um, much, much encouraged and, and valued. Uh, we're going to try to get to at least two more people tonight. I know we're over two hours in, but everyone just got an hour back. Uh, uh, we'll go try. Kevin, I see you there. Uh, we'll try to jump. We'll, we'll have you close this out. But first, we're going to see if we can jump over to Megan uh, at MagsMom23. You've been invited to speak if you so wish. If not, and you just want to listen, that's cool too. But this is a friendly place. Um, you know, we're not here to intimidate or whatever. We're just here to celebrate as Notre Dame fans. And get everyone's opinion if they want to. If not, no big deal. But uh, Megan Patterson at MagsMom23, you've been invited to speak if you so wish. If not, we'll jump over to Kevin Davis to uh, shut us down for the night. Maybe Megan just wants to, to listen. That's cool. Kevin, you've been invited to speak to shut us down. We talked a lot about the stats tonight. Um, we've talked about... Uh, Notre Dame and just just kind of what this means as a program um, clearly you know this is I don't want to say this is the climax of the season I'm not saying that but this is a this is a huge win uh, to this point right now this season um, this is the the current highest point I, I hope the graph continues up you know more to the right and up Kevin Davis welcome back sir hello hello how are you I am fantastic i should be way more tired than they are now because my toddler woke woke us up at 6 a.m this morning and i i said babe i got the baby go back to sleep and then you know <laughs> I, love, I love the feeling yeah exactly kevin how you, how you feeling tonight i feel great i wanted to start off with saying um lsu fans i don't like know why we don't like we, we mad at brian kelly before you jump on people's podcasts and talk it ain't that he left it's how he left but i don't want to say too long on that but like yeah. that idiot like no no why before you you jump on somebody's podcast but anyway as far well, as the game though uh, yeah, go ahead. no 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 you're you're not wrong and I, I got my blood boiling and i appreciate jimmy gallagher coming in to kind of just like it's all right just calm down that dude's a douche it's fine um but but i will say this uh jesus loves him too and <laughs> and um just man just i, I go with a lack of logic i've I, as time has gone on and the more i've interacted with people and and look what what is the foundation of this show it's scotch and spreadsheets scotch first and spreadsheet second but the spreadsheets piece is very numbers and data and very logical and fact-based. Okay. And so everything I say on this show, not everything, but most things I try to say, especially when it comes to numbers and data is all evidence-based, right? I don't take my free time and do this for fun because I do, I do do this for fun just to like throw wild things out there. No, when I say Brian Kelly is is an idiot or has serious problems you know like it's based on fact and data and i may try to go back and and find this this dude and send him a copy or, or send him a link to the show i'll send this dude a dm I, i'm gonna make sure i do that send dm to like douche um 
but but I did a show in my first season that I ever podcasted, and I think this is an appropriate time to mention this. Like I started podcasting after the end of the 2018 season because I was so empty at the end of that season. I won't go into too much detail here, but I was so empty that like I needed to do something new. And then 2019, I kind of chugged through that season. But then 2020, and then maybe COVID has something to do with it, maybe not. But I was kind of thinking of starting a podcast in 2019 anyway. 2020 comes along. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do a podcast. And I didn't really know what I was doing. And I just did it anyway. But leading up to that, again, I had created this spreadsheet, this file that I, I still reference as multiple tabs in Excel. And I was, a lot of it was based off of the 2016 season where BK was dog shit. And I was like, this has to stop. And I wanted to understand more, though, why I was so upset and why this was so bad. Not just we're losing and we're four and eight. I wanted to understand why it was so bad. And so long story short, my fifth show I ever did, anyone who's new, it's, it's, it's a li- none of the information is outdated because it's all accurate, but it's just you know a couple years old. But it was all the evidence about Brian Kelly of the deficiency he deficiencies he had as our as the head coach of Notre Dame then I kind of walked it back and then we also made the playoffs that year so that was cool too but uh, my point is there was all sorts of data that was numbers and facts and evidence based of why Brian Kelly wasn't going to get the job done and in 2016 I thought he should have been fired Um, and you know I have my reasons Um, so, so when some LSU fan jumps on and, and thinks that, you know, they've just won Powerball, you know, with a win at home in the regular season against Alabama, it's like, look, I'm not going to take any anything away from you as uh, this is a solid victory for you as a program. But simultaneously, like, this doesn't mean anything. This really doesn't. You guys already have two losses on the season. You're not going to make the playoffs unless something really crazy happens. You know, like TCU is more likely to make the playoffs than you guys are. So is Michigan. Michigan's going to slide up, right? Um, so, and Alabama sliding down. So um, I think LSU is going to be the outside looking in. They're going to be in a New Year's Six. But it's like, it's almost like, man, just go enjoy your win. Right. Why are you jumping on a Notre Dame podcast being an asshole and, and, and talking shit about Brian Driscoll? And it's like, I don't even know Brian Driscoll. Like, I don't even listen to his stuff. I've, I've listened to a little bit of his stuff just because he's kind of a popular dude in the Notre Dame, you know, circle. And so like, you know, my, my sphere kind of, you know, my bubble kind of bumps against other people and that's fine, you know, but I have no beef with Brian Driscoll. Um, I think actually a lot of his opinions are actually, fairly intelligent you know i i can't say that with confidence but you know i don't imagine it's it's i haven't read too much from him that i completely disagree or i think he's wrong but what i will say is this and i'll I'll throw it back to you kevin is as time has gone on and this is not just exclusive to Notre Dame football or college football or sports in general but as i i interact with more people in the world there is just a complete lack of logic or courtesy and and so I'm not surprised when I see some dude who wants to come on and just be rude. And it's like, eh, this dude is either A, a lack of lo- logic, does not wish to listen, and is quite frankly just not courteous. And I'm not going to really give him too much too much time. So, 
Yeah, it's the social media era. Everybody think they can say whatever they want. But back to the <laughs> back to the game. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's talk about this game. And and we got a few other people that jumped on. Hater of the year jumped on. Megan jumped back on. Um, if you guys want to uh, speak, by all means, later on. But Kevin, let's let's. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. So so I think the MVP of the game is Al Golden. Mm. I think Al Golden is the MVP of the game, and and this is why. When is the last time we have we had a defensive coordinator where we're like, oh, he can he? So I believe defense wins championships, right? I agree. When's the last time we had a defensive coach where you believe that he could take us there, right? Clark Lee was okay. Um, yeah. um, uh, the current coach. Why am I? Why is he? I'm. Um, so we had coaches that were good, right? But what I've seen from Al Golden throughout this year was the ability to adapt and change, right? Yes. Make change, right? And what you saw in this game, right? And I talk, and I, every week I talk about the linebackers. That's just one key that I always focus on. I'm, I'm waiting for your take on tonight's game. What you got to see today was him leave as much as he needed, leave two in a box. Two in a box and bank on his DBs. Slow play clap, well. slow clap. He left two in the box. When you got when you play against a team that like a lot of talk about Clemson, like they have this running back. Oh, he's supposed to come to Notre Dame, and he decided to go Clemson. He's pretty good. When you hear when you know what a team has, you have to do what it takes to beat that team, right? And I feel like having two linebackers in a box is key, unless a team pulls you out of that in like a in the in the empty set or a quad or something that pulls you out of a two linebacker in in the middle. But even today, their blitzing was timed. Yes. Like there was no more of this showing and being picked up. It was like they were even time blitzed. I mean, they weren't getting through all the time, but it messed up some of the thinking process with the O line and with the quarterback and the running back, right? So it disrupted because the timing was better. That allowed people like Morrison to get those interceptions, to have great coverage. Like it helped it all. I feel like the linebacker play was totally changed. And Al Golden trusted them and his DBs. I feel like that was key. One of my favorite plays of the game, other than the Morrison uh, interception, the pick six, which was which which was my favorite uh, play of the game. Um, but probably my, like other than that, my favorite play was the Tariq Bracy sack. It came out of nowhere, and it was the play was totally set up with the attack of the guys up front with the linebacker play, and all of a sudden Tariq Bracy just slashes straight in there straight at Uyungle and he had no chance and it's like damn it I've been waiting for that all season and finally a surprise of one of our fast athletic corners gets in there and it's like well son of a bitch we finally did it you know and not that I'm you know you know spiking the football here but it's like that's what I've been waiting for is is timed blitzes and that we're not showing it like you just said i, I couldn't say it better and even send like some outside backers right one thing it, the, about that is when he sends those people the trust is truly on the two middle linebackers to drop coverage and get over top of one of those players that they're leaving right and to trust them to do that i'm just excited because what we saw today and if we think about the recruiting class that's coming next year the defense can actually oh, yeah. stack up 
something scary next year. I agree. Like we get we get Drake Bowen. To, if, I hope they play him in middle linebacker next year. I hope he plays middle, or like they probably drop him to an end or something. But um, I mean, I think with the with what we have now, they're learning. They're learning our golden system. They're when we bring in this next recruiting class, I think our defense can probably is starting to build up to have a championship defense. I'm with you. What it, what's your thought of uh, Prince Kali, a uh, a younger uh, linebacker, um, catching essentially the blocked punt and uh, running it back for a touchdown? Man, that was awesome. And, and it's great. It was even more great about it is that they're starting to play him more, right? Yeah. It's like. Man, they have some youth that is going to be phenomenal, man. Like, you see the pieces. We got corners coming in and safeties next year, and you got Kali catching that, and you can see where he's going to be a spark when they actually play him, and he fits a scheme, and he learns it, and he's one of those staple guys. I think we're building a championship defense with a championship coach, defensive coordinator. Yeah, I think it's coming together. Now, our offense eventually has to catch up to it. I agree. But we'll see. I mean, we have some people coming in there, too. We're just going to be lacking on the quarterback. Maybe, you know, maybe our quarterbacks can get better, bring in a quarterback coach and a guru and fix everything. Yeah. But yeah, I, and, I, and, I, I, and I forget who it was earlier earlier in the show, but they were talking about Reese, and I'm, I think I mentioned this on the last show, is – you know, some of the the play calling by Tom Thomas Reese has been decent, um, but but I am concerned about the development of our quarterbacks. And again, evidence based, right? Name a quarterback under Reese that has progressed in his development ever since 2017 when he got here. And that's not to be rude. That's just you know, look look at it, fact, you know, and 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 neutral, and and you're gonna just kind of shrug your shoulders and just be like, eh, I don't know. So, so if we leave Reese as the offensive coordinator, I won't be too upset. Um, but I do think we do need to change a quarterback coach uh, to help develop our quarterbacks to be even better than what what Reese could do. And that's that's not just being rude. I think that's just like, look, this is where we're at. And and not that Reese is bad, but maybe there's someone better. And that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, I, I just think with, on top of that is that being a coordinator is so much more responsibility, right? Bringing in a quarterback coach relieves some responsibility off him so he can focus more on the coordinating aspect. Yeah, yeah right? It relieves some responsibility. And I, and I, think I need you to, to spend your time in the film room and analyzing our exactly. opponent's defense. I don't need you working footwork drills with Steve Angeli. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it, it relieves some of that pressure off of him, and that might be good. Maybe that's something I'll see. They'll be like, you know what? Tommy may come up and say, man, he he might make a decision. We need a quarterback coach. Let me focus on offense. And we he might make the decision. And honestly, um, that, that would be the best way Coach Reese could lead in his role. It's like, look, I am – I had, I'll say this. I, I won't speak for, for Coach Reese. Me personally, Joe, at Faithful underscore Irish on the Twitter – I am the first to admit when I am wrong. I am the first to admit when I need help. And I'm also the first to admit uh, defeat. Oh, no, this is the third one. It'll come to me. But there's three things that I am I am willing to drop my ego 
when necessary. Okay, if I don't know something, if I need help, uh, or if, damn it, what's the third one? Uh, I should write these down. But my point is, like, if Reese can admit that maybe I can best serve our football team by just focusing on coordinating, like you just said, Kevin, and say, Coach, I think you need to hire another assistant, uh, a coach for uh, just quarterbacks. Just work on the quarterbacks, uh, you know, and I will work with this guy. I'll help find this guy with you um, and and someone who can help recruit quarterbacks because, I mean, you know, we've been saying it for years, you know, like how we, we need a good – you do need a good quarterback in college football, um, someone decent. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe coach Reese just needs to step down from that role and, and fill another role that he's more successful at. Again, I don't know. I don't make this decision. Um, but right now I, I appreciate that coach Reese is understanding what he has in the toolbox and looking at what his strengths are and harnessing the strengths and Clemson had no answer. A, no. a team with very good talent, very good defensive linemen, very good linebackers, and they could not stop the Notre Dame rushing attack. I mean, that, I, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I am actually, and a lot, I know a lot of people, this might be hard to hear, I'm actually a Devil Sweeney fan. But Yeah, I don't think see, he's a bad coach. You could see in his face he had no answer. No. He, you could see. He had zero. He did not know what to do. He was lost. I agree. And that's a great place. And then nothing about Tommy Reese is, I'm not, and I don't want to be mean, but Tommy Reese, when he played for the Irish, didn't have the best mechanics or things no. like that. No. So it's like, I mean, I don't want to be mean, but what are you teaching them, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and what I will say this is is uh, uh, the best thing Tommy Reese had going for him in 2013 was his ability to throw the ball away um, because actually, and I have this somewhere in the spreadsheets is buried, but in 2013, Notre Dame was one of the best teams in the country at avoiding sacks and tackles for loss because A, Notre Dame didn't run the ball very much. uh, We passed more and B, we just didn't get sacked and Reese just chucked it out of bounds. Yeah. You know, it is what it is, you know. Hey, we won the pinstripe bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, Let's Kevin. Any, anything else you want to say? Uh, well, there's a couple other people. We'll try to jump on. We'll try to get everyone, uh, everyone on here if if we can. Uh, if not, uh, you know, I can go to a later mass. It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just looking forward to trying to win out. Um, it, that that's the goal. Like, yeah, I, I want to see if we can pull it off. I I I'm with you. I I think the next two games are highly likely. You know, and we don't want to jump all the way ahead to USC. We got Navy, then BC. You know, let's enjoy and savor those two games first before we 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 pee all over the the, the Trojans of Southern Cal. Um, but before we get there, we've got these other two games that we got to focus on. So, um, Kevin, if you so wish again, cause we're friendly and we like to support other people, uh, would you be willing or okay with promoting your other endeavor you just started here? Oh yeah. Um, so I'll start a new podcast called two views with my twin brother, Keith Davis, um, two T U V U. Yes, uh, podcast 
or where we just discuss topics and sometimes we agree, sometimes we'll disagree on some topics and we'll just debate and go at it with each other like we did when we were younger. So it's just a little podcast, two views about just two brothers going at it. Nice. Is there an overall theme or it's just you and your brother talking about stuff? No, no real theme. Just me and my brothers, two, me and my brothers having um, just discussions. Like we, like people think twins um, think the same, do the same, but we're so we're so different. So on certain topics, we might agree, and some topics you might hear a, a heated debate. You know, because we don't agree on it. So we just trying nice. to show that we we just have two different views sometimes. Nice. This is kind of like the Amiola brothers, but in podcast form. Love it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Kevin, uh, for joining us, and everyone check Kevin stuff out. You know, hey, this is the difference. Take this, LSU fan. Uh, no other. You won't see another Notre Dame podcast. Well, that's not true. There's other uh, friendly Notre Dame po- podcasts, but I try as much as possible to get any Notre Dame fan uh, their voice heard. And if they've got a podcast, a whatever endeavor, you know, that, that they're they're passionate about and want to be creative, hey, we support that because uh, I, I, I get what you're feeling here. So, Kevin Davis, I really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, we'll see if we can jump to a couple other people here. Uh, Tim, hater of the year. Megan, if you want to jump on, uh, that's great. Um but Kevin Davis, thank you so much at Davis0560 on the Twitter and check out his podcast, Two Views. Thank you. Go Irish. Go Irish, indeed. All right. Uh, Megan, if you're there, if you want to jump on, by all means. Uh, if not, no big deal. Uh, Tim, I saw you there. You wanted to speak. Tim3773. If you want to jump on and speak, we're kind of winding ourselves down here. Tim Flynn. Any connection to Flynn from Tron? If not, go ahead and unmute yourself. Hit the pink button in the lower left-hand corner to speak. There is no connection there. But um, Darn it. I was, I was going to say, circle back to me because I, I was actually at the game tonight and I'm having a little bit of fun. And I'm kind of in a compromised position right now, but it was that game was awesome. All right, man. Tim, you're know. compromised. We will not be part of your compromise, and we're going to mute you. <laughs> All right, uh, hater of Thank the year, you. Mark with glasses. If you wanna, if you wanna join and and close us down, uh, Tim, uh, you're you're busy with whatever you're doing. Um, take care. Uh, hater of the year, if you want to jump on, by all means. If not, no big deal. You've got uh, Marty Bird from Ozark. That was a disappointing ending of a show. Um, if not, uh, my phone's telling me I got 5% battery, and that's pretty much it. So uh, I think that's going to wrap us up tonight, everyone. Um, everyone else who's been invited to speak has uh, been invited to speak. Um, I really appreciate everyone jumping on. Uh, we've had so many people, uh, despite some LSU fan being weird. Um, Stevie D. Irish, Adam Dowling, Regisan, Dominic, uh, Dominic's dad, John, uh, Irish JTL, um, at no suck with no USC, Coach Mercy and Jimmy Gallagher, Sab McCauley, Holes on 35, Jamico, Davis 0560, 
This is Joe. I am at faithful underscore Irish on the Twitter. Notre Dame is victorious over the Clemson Tigers tonight. Uh, 35-14 here. Uh, gosh, I mean, Notre Dame is, is just... I don't want to say I'm surprised by the outcome because I, I did think we were going to win, um, but I was not expecting this dominating performance by our defense um, and then the offensive rushing to be as successful as it was. So, um, but yeah, a solid victory for the Irish tonight. Um, enjoy this. Celebrate this. Um, people, I mean, gosh, I mean, can, can, can we ask for anything better as Notre Dame fans, you know, with kind of how rocky it was to start the season with regard to you know losing to Marshall losing to Stanford and then we come out with this and I mean this this is fantastic you know um I'm just really happy with where we're at so we'll get some Notre Dame music here to kind of close us out I really appreciate everyone for jumping on. This is the Finding Irish Faithful Show. It is late, you know. It's, well, apparently we've gone back in time an hour, so <laughs> I don't want to think about what my brain th- or my body thinks the time is. But yeah, down the line here, playing out, close us out. Notre Dame, victorious. Thank you, everyone. This is the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Uh, we kind of have a tie here on uh, everyone's favorite uh, part of the game. I had the pick six. We had one block punt. We had uh, two votes for Benjamin Morrison as a whole. Uh, the first interception by Morrison. So really, if you add up just Morrison, he gets five votes. So maybe he's the he's the winner. Uh, two for no penalties. One for rushing yards and one for Al Golden. So. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. I am Joe, your humble host. And go Irish, and we'll see you on Tuesday night for the Navy pregame show and maybe a little bit of Clemson reflection. Good night. It's caught by Samaza inside the 20, inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Dawson Poe, open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Somehow, the Irish did it. Out of the pack, 30, 35. Goodbye, baby. At the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. Fire, fire, rocket, touchdown, Irish. Tyree, whoa. Can he get there, Tyree? Zibikowski looking for a block. Cuts to the right to the 40. Gets a block. Gets to the 45, 50. Up to the 45, 40, 30. One man to beat. 20, 15, 10. He's done to the five. Touchdown, Irish.